Hi everybody, Rob from the Hooked On podcast, How To Be Great here. Look, we enjoy doing what we do, for the love of it, it's wrestling, enjoy it, remember? But if you do feel like dropping us a few quid to help us out, be our guest. We don't expect it, but we will appreciate it. Thanks ever so much for your support. Don't forget, it's wrestling, enjoy it. your spirit and upon this charge cry god for harry england and saint george welcome everyone to the podcast you are probably listening to this on april the 23rd which is a huge day for many many reasons one it was the birthday and indeed alleged death date of the great william shakespeare who wrote the words that i have just said from the play henry v it is also saint george's day which is the patron saint of our great nation saint george's day it is also most importantly birthday of showbiz Paul Benson. <laughs> yes it is, thank you Rob, and also a very happy birthday to John Cena, who I share a birthday with as well, so Mr Cena, you might be getting one less present this year, but I'm with you bro, don't worry. <laughs> oh, I'm, sure he's, I'm sure he's very comforted by that. <laughs> hey look, you know, you know, Nikki Bella, Paul Benson, what's the difference, you know, <laughs> don't answer that. Don't answer. Uh, that. No, I was going to start. I was going to start with chest size, but I'm not sure. So um, we, we probably shouldn't. Anyway, listen. As as we speak, I'm about uh, two hours and fifty something minutes early. But uh, mate, happy birthday! Thank you very much. Well, as we as we speak on the Sunday, actually, I'm, I'm cheating a bit today because my wife works on a Monday. She reads the news in Yorkshire um, on the telly box. And so she has to be at work at 4.30 on a Monday morning. So it would not be there for me to open my presents. So we had a little bit of cheat day today and we made it my pretend birthday today. So I've already opened all my prezzies um, and had my birthday cake. And tomorrow will just be another working day or today as you'll listen to this, should I say. So, yep, it's uh, another year older, another year wiser and um, free of my nasty stomach bug. So I'm cartwheeling down the office today. Oh, yes, let's carry on with domesticity, should we? So, yeah, we've done... um... We've done birthdays. Let's do yep. um, let's do uh, a bowel trouble next. How is your uh, internal disease or whatever you should have wrong with you? Uh, I'm not quite half the man I was, Rob, but I have, I'm eight pounds down. So um, it was a bit of a killer. And I'm very sorry, guys, for anybody who persevered with us last week. You were basically listening to one man and a garbling mess. Um, so pretty business, pretty much business as usual. But I can't actually remember recording that podcast. I was so poorly. Uh, yeah, well, that's the way. Fortunately, I can talk for about four or five hours completely yes, unopposed without, no, without noticing anyone else is there. So that's uh, that's a good thing, isn't it? So um, we'll try maybe not to do um, so much of that this week. Um, we started with the, the Shakespearean St. George and uh, St. Paul Benson opening, but uh, I could well have started by welcoming you all to the greatest um, show we've ever done, the greatest version of the Hooked On podcast, because... It seems all you need to do these days is put greatest on something and add a few more people into a battle royal and you can uh, you can claim a card. Actually, saying that, I'm rather looking forward to Friday. I think it could be quite a fun 
uh, card. I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to judge it too seriously. I'm trying to make sure that it's just... Because uh, let's face it, it is a glorified house show that's going on the network. But, uh, Paul, other than the uh, the little bits and bobs that Hooked On we were getting involved with, which we'll talk about in a short while, are you looking forward to the greatest Royal Rumble? I... I, I, oh, it's such an odd one, isn't it? Because on one hand, it is, like you say, just a house show. A house show in a 70,000-seater stadium in the middle of the desert, but a house show nonetheless. But then it's going to most likely have a world title change. It's going to most likely be, or potentially be, the last match we see Brock Lesnar in for a while. It's going to have The Undertaker in a casket match for the first time in Lord knows how long. It's... um it's a real head scratcher and I genuinely don't know whether I'm looking forward to it or whether it's going to be a complete mess I think we're going to all have a great night watching it because I think it'll be bloody good fun but as a wrestling card I can't make out whether it's the biggest one of the year or completely unimportant well there's a lot of there's a lot of titles up for grabs and there's a, and a whacking great huge Raw Rumble so um, I think we have to treat it on a uh on a relatively um, special level. Let's, should we talk about some of the matches? Let's first of all talk about the uh, the SmackDown women's title match. It's what? Uh, yeah, no, no, no. No, Rob, don't mention that no one. No SmackDown women's title match. No, no. Oh, Raw women. No. Um, Africa versus Ronda. No, 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 no. Let's not talk about Ronda Rousey. Um, oh. Let's move on. Okay, let's. Uh, so maybe maybe the curiosity that is Undertaker versus Rusev, and I'm sure that Lana will be in the. No. Uh, oh, okay. No. So I'm just getting no. some. Um, Hang on, let me let feedback me... in my ear. I'm just uh, being being threatened with uh, various different things. So we'll um, let, we'll carry let... on and we'll go on. What? Let me just check that it is still Rusev against the Undertaker. It's not. I'm not looked at Wikipedia for 15 minutes, so it may well have changed. Um, no, nope, it's, nope, it's there. It's a competition between uh, how much it can change between Rusev being in the match, or to how many um, uh, heel and face turns Big Show had during 99 and 2000. I think that's the. Uh, uh, that's the competition <laughs> going on, but uh, uh, we're settling on uh, Taker versus. What what did happen there? Do you know Do you know anything about this? It was it was Jericho, and then it was sorry, it was Rusev, and then it was Jericho, and now it's Rusev again. What's What's happened there? Oh my, I I've got no knowledge, and I suspect nobody has any knowledge. It could. It, who knows, man? It, it could be something really simple and dry. You know, having had experience on the inside to a very small degree, more often than not these things that we treat as big dramas on the outside because we only get one perspective are just completely overblown nothingness just business decisions or creative decisions that no one's too upset about so I'd probably say this is it I'd probably say it's just a case of here's my take so you got Rusev in the casket match and then Jericho comes in and they're like, oh, we can get Chris Joko. Let's slot him in the casket match. It's been so long since he fought Undertaker one-on-one, blah, blah, blah. Then it dawned on everyone that Jericho would have to be losing a casket match in three minutes. Probably didn't sit too well with Jericho, so they moved him back to the Rumble, and Rusev took, took his place back in the uh, casket match to get beat by Taker in three minutes. That's my that's take, a, anyway. Yeah, that's a probably fair shout. Although, interestingly, Jericho tweeted about it. It wasn't like they did it in... Uh... You know, sort of did it on the, on the sneaky. Jericho actually came out and said, "Yeah, I'm looking forward to this match." Blah blah blah. But yeah, weird one. Um, okay, so Jericho to win the rumble? No, no, no. Do you know what I like about this Royal Rumble more than you know more than anything? Um, for the first time in a long time, um, and I mean this in a positive way. In a way, um, the winner of this rumble doesn't matter. 
there's no consequences or anything like that which means there's no booking decisions that have to be tied into your wins so we could just get a winner for the winner's sake um, and I I think I boil it down to two men very simply it's, it's either Braun Strowman um, or Daniel Bryan yeah it's a fair shout I mean it's um, it's hard to I mean the thing is the good thing is with the um, the booking of I see, I'd, I'd be tempted to go with Daniel Bryan because you know he just feels the one with the momentum the good thing is when you've got a Braun Strowman in a, in a rumble and you want to explain him losing is you do have the old fashioned let's all gang up on the big guy routine you do so, you do um, I suspect that might be used on the great Carly though or Mark Henry, or I don't know Carly. Is Carly in it? I didn't know. I that. don't think he's been officially announced. Sorry, but he's he's going to be in it. Yeah. yeah Oops. Sorry for the spoilers, guys. I'm not yeah, sure it's, anybody it's, will be too fussed. <laughs> I actually think that's a, a slightly different, um, technically slightly different um, meaning of the word spoiler there. It, <laughs> yeah. We're not the ones doing just spoiled spoiler. it. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Who else do you want to spoil it with? Um, but. Uh, I, I, yeah, I hear, I hear him, Mark Henry are going to be with it. And sorry, guys, we don't make a habit of revealing spoilers on this, but I feel that it's it's not that big a deal anyway. You're going to find out this week. And I've been he- seeing today on Twitter that a couple of the guys from the Saudi Arabian tryout camp um, are also going to have spots in there. Oh, good. Well, that's fair enough. That make, kind of makes some sense. You've got a bit, yeah. bit, of the, bit of a local angle. You never know. You might have a bit of a... Uh... A bit of a hero in there that might uh, develop into something one day. You never know. It's, uh, it's a good starting yeah. place. I agree. Look, you've got you're going to have 55,000 Saudis in that stadium. Um, best will in the world. A lot of them aren't going to be familiar with a, a lot of the guys in that rumble. So why not have a local guy in to create atmosphere? I'm I'm not knocking it at all. No, and they'll they'll definitely weren't right when Vince creates a character called Shake Djibouti or something <laughs> like that, and uh, out he comes and gets eliminated in three minutes. But uh, yeah, no, certainly not certainly yeah. no trouble whatsoever um, but you say uh, you say a title change this is where Roman wins are they going to give the title to Roman because there's less likely of uh, 55,000 Saudis as you put it booing Roman um, I suspect it's more uh, that obviously again it goes back to this whole public perception and, uh, and conspiracy theories and people thinking they know everything about what's going on I would say the more likely reason it's going to happen is because for the all best will in the world, these guys that are paying WWE millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars to put this on, um, they don't really understand the inner workings of wrestling. They just want to see the prestige. And to them, prestige means world title changes. So I wouldn't be remotely surprised if part of the deal was that um, you know, we'll add like you can imagine, I can so imagine a conversation. We'll put another ten million on the price if the title change happens in Saudi Arabia rather than at WrestleMania. Done deal. That's yeah, what, that's a, that. that's a much more likely motivation than not having uh, Roman Reigns booed at WrestleMania. It's financial, and I, you know I've seen it before. I've dealt with companies in this part of the world, and they've got a very interesting way that you know they've honor's a big thing to these companies and, uh, and and history making you've got to have the biggest everything that's why it's the biggest Royal Rumble ever because they want to it's not good enough for them just to have a house show they've got to have the biggest show ever just to be able to crow about it and shout about it it's why whenever WWE on air talent mention this show you'll, you hear it's not just talking about the greatest Royal Rumble that's not even talking about the greatest Royal Rumble from the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia no they always say Kingdom of Saudi Arabia not just Saudi Arabia it's there it's coming from beautiful Jeddah or the amazing Kingdom of Saudi Arabia um, it's very much that's going to definitely be part of the whole package coming from the Saudi end um, and I'm pretty sure that um, having a title change which 
in in the host size would be incredibly prestigious first time it's ever happened um in the middle east most definitely possibly in asia i'm not gonna nail myself to that cross but um i'm pretty sure it is and um, sorry sorry i can't i'm afraid i can't let that go as much as i know that both of us are trying not to say any controversial things about something that may be happening in that part of the world i know saudi arabia is not the same part oh. of the Middle East as other things in the Middle East but you cannot go around saying <laughs> things about nailing people to cross All right. I'm totally, sorry totally you can't say that <laughs> it's absolutely extraordinary that you just said that okay. given how much I know how much we're both tiptoeing around things right. I'm not editing it by the way that stays in just, right. okay. Paul doesn't mean yeah. that nastily he obviously did it he, you can clearly hear by how he's saying things now he didn't mean it I thought it was too funny <laughs> for me just to not say <laughs> thanks <laughs> okay. Rob cheers mate yeah, great sorry, anyway um can I say nailing? Oh, I don't even know. Um, no. Where was I? Yeah, I think I think that um, that will be part of the whole package. And um, I think I, I had a suspicion that might happen before WrestleMania. And lo and behold, they are. So, yeah, I think a title change is, is not just likely, almost definite. I mean, I, was, I suspect Roman Reigns didn't think that he was going to get another uh, title change. So he had to knock on the door of the powers that be to get it. You know, if the mountain won't come... Oh no! Um, anyway, moving swiftly on, there's other title <laughs> matches going on. Uh, there's a uh, there's a ladder match for the IC title. There's um, uh, AJ versus Shinsuke again. Jeff Hardy versus Jinder Mahal. Uh, Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy versus Cesaro. Cesaro? Cesaro? And Sheamus. And uh, the uh, the bro- the brothers who aren't actually brothers, uh, who aren't really called Bludgeon, against the brothers who are actually called bl- brothers but aren't really called Uso. Um, so there's lots. Of, um, we're not going to go through every single one of these and. Uh, and preview it but is there any, do you see any more title changes is what I'm going to ask you well obviously the Raw title um, Raw Tag Team Championship has to change hands in inverted commas because it's vacant isn't it um, oh well yeah, okay yeah so I, and I see Bray and Matt winning that one um, any other title changes I think well other than that one I missed out Cedric Alexander versus, according to my screen, TBD, TBD as well. For the, uh... TBD. Surely Mustafa Ali will get the rematch there. Surely will. Or maybe Buddy Murphy. Um, the oh, only sorry, one I, I could... TBD was like a TJP. I thought he was just... He oh, just yes. His initials, wasn't it? Typo. Was it a typo? Actually, no, quite, yeah. a good, quite a good name, wouldn't it? TBD sounds like there's a transmitted of... disease. Well, there's lots of... Well, well it might be even, might be even more appropriate. But there's good lots of... Uh, gimmick. There's... Uh, what's the one that's in Ring of Honor? There's a there's an ACP or an ABD oh, or AVB um, or RVP or something, isn't there? In the yeah, ACL. Or I can't remember, mate. AVQ I know exactly. Or whatever he is. Yeah, I hate it when you put us on the spot, Ring of Honor, because ACH, just, the ACH, I think. ACH. You're just highlighting my lack of Ring of Honor knowledge. Oh, um, highlighting my own. I just can't remember <laughs> what it was called. It was just I just thought I'll keep saying letters like some sort of bizarre one game of, of them, one of them will come out eventually. No. Some of, um, I, I don't, see any, I, I don't see any of the title there. changes. If there were to be one, I'd probably say it was going to be the Intercontinental. To back uh, to the Miz? Um, no, they won't give no, it to Miz or no. they won't give I it to Miz or Joe. It can't be, can't be Miz or Joe. It has to be Balor. It has to go to Balor. I don't think they're going to give Balor a title out there. I don't think that's going to happen. I think. <laughs> oh, by the way, yeah, there comes Finn Balor in his Balor Club for Everyone t-shirts. And they're not going to give him a title in Saudi Arabia. Oh, that's, not, that's not happening. <laughs> a huge, a huge celebration with rainbow-coloured balloons dropping from the ceiling and everyone getting killed. Noticeably not being worn on Raw last week. 
No, no, they're not. They're not going to no, use that I, 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 I actually agree. I think I think that's the only one that's possible. I'd see just the Raw tag team and the Universal are the, are the changes. I wonder if Jinder Mahal might be, meet Jeff Hardy. That is absolutely not me saying that one part of Asia is another part of Asia. That's not what I'm getting at. It's just that that is a title which has changed hands twice this week already. Um, you know, the last since WrestleMania, during WrestleMania, and then the following night after WrestleMania. I could absolutely see it, you know, going again, um, just that quickly, just for the hell of it. But uh, probably not, probably not. And again, that would that would make it cross brand again, I think, wouldn't it? So um, would it? Yes, cause it would, because Jinder's gone back, hasn't he? So gone to Raw. Really... And so, unless I suppose, could there be a chance that Miz wins the IC title back, and then Jinder wins the US, and they swap the brands? It could happen. Could happen. I don't. I don't really see it. But no, I'm. No, I'm going to say just the two title changes. And then the other fun match, the other one we've not mentioned, John Cena versus Triple H. Yeah, this will last seven minutes. Um, Cena's What's, been. Are you, you know, are, you, are you for real? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, seven. Yeah. Do you do you understand the concept of spread betting? Uh, yes, of course. Okay. Would you like to have a, a spread bet with me, and I'll take <laughs> any minute under seven. <laughs> for every minute under seven the match goes, I'll pay you increasingly more money. And for every match <laughs> over seven minutes it goes, you pay me increasingly more money. How does that sound? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not that confident. Um, but no, look, John Cena's on very. John Cena is very, very much on part-timer mode. He is, you know phoning it in frankly every time he's in the ring at the moment this match is there because they want two big name uh, opponents against each other it's seven minutes I think is, is about what it'll be if John Cena is phoning it in phoning it in then Triple H will insist he leaves a very 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 long voicemail this is going twi- <laughs> this is going 20 minutes at least I, in fact, I'm going to say this let's... will be the longest match of the night Except for the 50-man rumble. Right. Well, let's split the difference then, shall we? Let's say, let's take that spread on 14. If it's lower than 14 minutes, I win. If it's over 14 minutes, you win. Agreed. What's the what's the price? What's the forfeit or price? Um. Let's think about it. Let's decide that at the end of the podcast. Okay. Okay, people can decide. Maybe, maybe we can throw that open to uh, yes, maybe we can decision. But you're you're putting the spread at an exact. So basically, if it's thirteen fifty nine, um, if the batch is timed at thirteen fifty nine, you win. If it's timed at exactly fourteen, no winner. And if it's fourteen oh one, it's me. And and from from there either side, yeah. There you go. Official timing decided by whom? By Wikipedia. By Wikipedia. Okay. Well. It's a, it's a reliable source of anything, isn't it? Whatever it says on Wikipedia after the event, that's what we go with. Okay, fine. A, a, fun, a fun bet made, and I'm sure how, I know how much they enjoy betting as well in Saudi Arabia. Um, moving on very, very swiftly before we get into any sort of more trouble. Um, we are having a little bit of a mini bash, aren't we? Or well, a few little mini bashes. It might be yes. the greatest rumble ever, but we're having a pretty good night as well. Yes, we are. Uh, primarily in London, where we've already sold 120 tickets, I think, um, plus various VIP guests. We're going to have a big, we're going to have a full house at, um, at the dugout at Belushi's, which is uh, in London Bridge. It's an awesome little private sports bar that we've got all to ourselves. Loads of screens, loads of sound. Um, it's going to be a great night, and we're only charging a fiver to get in, so it's nice and cheap. 
Uh, we're not going to do anything. We're not going to do any frills or anything like that. It's going to be all pretty low-key. Just Friday night wrestling. Have a few drinks. Rob can't make it. Um, and he's. I've promised him on pain of death um, that I won't go out and get another host in case it upstages him. Um, so just to make sure that doesn't happen, I'm going to I'm going to take over for the night. Yes! Yes! <laughs> I thought you might oh, like I'm, that, so, I'm so happy about that. <laughs> your jo- your like, job's safe. Yeah, it really is, isn't it? Because you're not upstaging anyone, so it's like, you don't even know how to use a microphone, so it's not a problem. Exactly. No, no. So that's fine. Ignorant, ignorant. I'll stick it in my heart. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is. It is such a. It is a bit. I don't have catchphrases necessarily, but uh, something I do say a lot in my life when I see people misusing them is that I will say over and over again, "You don't have to shout. You've got a bloody microphone." People don't understand the nature of amplification and will shout into microphones. You are one of those. Although I have to say. You're one of those when you've had a couple of adult beverages, and knowing you and knowing that uh, you've got a long night ahead of you on that Friday, you will take it nice and sensibly. Cause you will. <laughs> As uh, Paul yeah. doesn't always take things sensibly later in the evening, but at five o'clock that day, when he's got to uh, have a whole night in front of him, he will be sensible. So um, there's, a, there's a few people coming along that I don't want to. Uh, yes. Let me see imbibed. So <laughs> I will. Uh, I'll be taking it very sensibly. Well done, mate. I'm very proud of you. <laughs> Tell me that again on Saturday morning if I've yeah. stuck it. No, I won't. Be. I'll be. I'll be too busy working for my uh, football club in our last home game of the season against your son's team. Oh yes, against Rotherham United. Rotherham United. Well, best of luck, mate. Best of luck. Well, I want you both in the playoffs. About, yeah, we we don't want to talk about. Oh, that would be something. That could be a final. It could be. It could be a, it's well, a chance that it could be a Rotherham Plymouth final then. I me, as it as it falls, I'll have to fight your son in the car park. Well, as it falls, I wouldn't fancy your chances actually. No, I probably um, wouldn't. As it as it uh, happens, me and my stepdad, who is a Rotherham United fan, um, we're on holiday for all three of the dates um, of potential playoffs, I believe. Certainly the first uh, the the first round, leg one and leg two, and I think we're going to be away for the final as well. Okay, never mind. Well, it could be interesting. It could be very interesting. Isn't it? Yeah, uh, well, I can't, you, can't, you can't make it to the playoffs, I can't make it to the greatest ever Royal Rumble fancy bash. We're but, both uh, missing out, Rob. We're both uh, missing That's true. That's the London one, but there is some other stuff going on, is there not? Yes. Yeah, there is. So that's the London one. That's uh, where we'll be at. Um, we're also going to be doing that's a similar bash in Leeds. So we're going to be oh. back at Walkabout. Everybody told us how much they loved it there. So we've got the top floor. Um, the reason we're not doing more of these, by the way, guys, is very simple. It's five o'clock on a Friday. It's very, 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 very difficult to get a bar where I can't guarantee how many people are going to... Because I don't know whether 100 people are going to turn up to these things or 10, just because it's so unprecedented um, what the interest is going to be. And as bars tend to be on a Friday early evening, between 5 and 10 o'clock, they get bloody busy anyway. So I can't... I can't run these at any bars unless I can get a full bar or a section completely cut off section to ourselves because I don't want our guys to be having to mix with a normal rowdy Friday night crowd. <laughs> we well, don't you... want to have to mix with normal well, people. <laughs> you know, you know what it's like. You know, I no, 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 no. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And everybody else in the bar who's not watching wrestling, we're going get this crap off. Wanting the music on because they want a party on a Friday night or they want to watch the football or whatever. So it'll just end up people absolutely slating the wrestling and if it were me I'd feel very uncomfortable if I was in that situation so I've only gone with places where I can ensure that our guys have their own completely roped off bar their own audio nobody else there nobody else getting in the way 
Um, and that's obviously meant we've missed out on a whole load of venues. So sorry about that, guys. But I think you understand, you'll probably understand where I'm coming from. Um, and that if, if it's not going to be a great experience for you, I don't want to be responsible for that experience at all. Um, oh, so, yeah, we've, we're doing Leeds. Um, and we're also going to be at Asper's um, Sports Bar Casino. Uh, sorry, Asper's Casino's Sports Bar in Newcastle as well. Because, again, we've got that all to ourselves. And Newcastle, by the way, is the new... A hot venue for uh, for hooked on wrestling. Tell a, me gen- a genuine thank you to Newcastle, who I'm not sure we'd even been to this time last year nope. for any party, or never. If we had, it would have been for one a few years ago, and now nope. suddenly never, ever, ever. we're knocking out two WrestleMania parties, and we're back again for the uh, for the Greatest Rumble. So thank you, Newcastle, for being a very cool wrestling city. And by the way, it's not that we didn't already know that. It's just that sometimes it's hard to find the right bar, find the right host, and. And, uh, and press into new markets, but uh, not into new market, that's something totally different, that's all racing, but new, to push new, into Newcastle. Castle, um, and it was just uh, just fantastic, so thank you for your support, and um, I will just quickly say, again, if there are people saying, oh, why aren't you doing it near us, Paul has just very finely explained uh, the main reason why, but also, there is a little bit of the old uh, once bitten, twice shy about the... Uh, the huge and almost overwhelming feedback we got when we first mooted the uh, the Wrestle Kingdom deal, and uh, basically there was no the follow up was not there. So had we got the uh, the the same feedback and indeed take up for this one, then we would have been made to feel a little bit embarrassed in various different places around the country when we mm-hmm. promised dozens of people and eights turned up. So um, it's just the way it goes. Sometimes uh, uh, we can't always provide what we want to. It's not always because of the uh, everything we would like to do sometimes it's market forces sometimes it's our partners sometimes it's just a set of circumstances but this is once again us in the spirit of honesty we told you last week about some things that uh, didn't go perfectly with the rumble parties well this is us letting a little bit of um, uh, a chink in behind the curtain so you can just see what's going on in terms of how we put these things together but just finally Paul just want to say it's a bit more of an informal get together watch some wrestling have a drink relaxed evening yeah, totally. Look, the whole reason we're doing it in London without any frills and without the usual quiz and all that and the other, A, because of timing, you know, the show starts at five. It's going to be hard enough for most people to get there before five anyway. Um, but also because we just want a night where we can actually enjoy it with you guys. And, you know, I know Rob, speak for Rob and speak for Steve and myself and all the guys up and down the country. We don't get two minutes to talk to you lot normally. Um, and I'd quite like to get to know a few of you. So um, if you see me in London, do come and say hi. I don't bite. It'd be lovely to put some um, faces to names. And, um, yeah, so that's what we're doing. We're going to make it nice, chill, informal. We won't be leaving the bar as soon as the pay-per-view finishes. So feel free to stick around, talk wrestling, talk nonsense, whatever. Uh, we'll make a night of it. I am, I am genuinely, genuinely, and this is not banter for the podcast or anything, genuinely, this is the most disappointed I think I've ever been to not get along to some of these things. Really? Um, I just, it just feels like such a... It's not going to... Be, see, when we do WrestleMania and, and the Rumble and whatever, I, I love it. I love the atmosphere. I love what's going on. I love seeing the reactions and stuff. But we do work hard. And there are times where I think, crikey, I could be I could be in my office with a nice bottle of red here and I'm not having to worry about uh, doing all these little things. So sometimes it's the opposite. Sometimes I'm at something thinking, oh, I could be at home, you know. That always passes through because there's always such a great, great atmosphere and, and you kick on. But also the shows that you're watching are really quite important, you know, to a wrestling fan that follows the year. Yeah. The Rumble, the WrestleMania, SummerSlam—they're important. This isn't. 
this is a bit more of a, of a fun thing. And if you're obviously with the network now, you miss something, you can just watch it the following day and you know, flick through on your iPad or whatever. So um, I just feel that this, this feels like so much more of a chance to kick back with a bit of wrestling mainly in the background. But also once it's finished, I'm assuming it's going to finish sort of in the, you know, in the sort of half eight, nine o'clock region. No, mate. Um, a half nine, ten o'clock, I think, is more likely. Oh, really? Another five-hour job? Okay. Well, even, yeah. even so, even so, ten o'clock's not a, it's it's not not a late, late night, it's is late, it? So, no. Friday, Friday night in our nation's capital. Um, you know, few, uh, few, uh, few cheeky ones at the end of the evening. It sounds like a really nice deal to me. But unfortunately, like I say, I have to be in Plymouth for ten o'clock the following morning, so it doesn't help my, uh, my case. I was in Northampton this week as well. I could, if it, if it had been this week. Friday night in London, could have stopped over, gone up to Northampton on the training in the morning. Oh, it'd have been lovely. But uh, there you go, that's the way well, it goes. Um, so if you are coming along, um, have a great time. Paul will be the one dressed. What are you going to wear? You're going to go with the, the purple ooh, Macho Man shirt? You you put me on the spot there, then, mate. No, I'm probably going to wear one of our hooked on shirts. So you, invariably, I'll be in a pair of jeans, black jacket, and uh, and a hooked on shirt. Okay, that's how that's how to wear. Uh, to recognise Paul if it's there you go slightly slightly tub, slightly tubby quite tall yeah there's a I so always I put, said there's I always a copy of the telegraph under my arm <laughs> no not necessarily or stand under the uh, under the uh, the clock and water station <laughs> um, uh, no I think uh, I think I, the way I would always describe Paul is I wouldn't say he looks like him but if you looked at Paul there is the plausibility that he could be Greg Davis's love child <laughs> I, I always think you you don't look like Greg Davis, but you look you've got some mannerisms and you're not as tall. But there's I think if you, if I found out that Greg Davis was related to you in some way, I wouldn't be shocked. I think you you've got a bit of a, you've got a bit of a, I, mean, you, I don't know if you're offended by that. I mean I don't care if you are one way or not. But because I'm not quite sure they am or not to be honest. Well, do you know what most people when they do a look alike or something for me do James Corden so you can stick yours up your ass so um, I think you, I think you're, you're better off than I am so <laughs> <laughs> so or, or Tony Schiavone so it's um, what would you rather be would you rather be Either Greg or. Davis or would you be the weird hybrid of James Corden and Tony Schiavone well I'm just disappointed because when I was younger I used to get Daniel Bedingfield but I think that ship has sailed do you know what I'm not sure I'd know if Daniel Bedingfield walked in singing one of his hits with a, bat, with a shirt saying hello I'm Daniel Beddingfield I'm not convinced I'd know who he was so um, oh come on mate that would, uh, let's, let's not talk about hard. Daniel Beddingfield we've got to get through this let's not talk about Daniel Beddingfield <laughs> anymore <laughs> Paul, everyone oh, sound the clacking Paul did a proper <laughs> <laughs> very 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 good indeed so uh, that's uh that's excellent. You, you, were you aware of the fact that I was stalling because I couldn't remember any Daniel Bedingfield songs? <laughs> I was well aware. I was, try, I was well trying aware. to do the same thing, and I thought <laughs> I can't think of any. <laughs> there's, I, I, I'm sitting there going, I think there's, I think there's one called "You're Not the One," but I'm not certain about that. I'm not going to do that joke. There is an, not an, him. An, an, a very good song. I'm, I is am, that him? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Daniel Bedingfield guy. <laughs> I really am. I'm a... Yeah, the other one I used to get was, was I can't remember, was it Sam and Mark? You remember Sam and Mark? The low rent JK and Joel? Very low rent. Actually, it was like low but rent. There is such a thing, is there? Yeah, they, no. Um, what are the names? Those guys that did the um, the, the TV show on a Saturday morning. What are, they, what are those yeah, two? No, um, I, know, I, know, I know who you mean. Uh, Dick yeah, and Dom. Dick and Dom. They were the low rent JK and Joel. And yeah. Sam and Mark were the low rent Dick and Dom. And wow. I used to get I used to get mistaken for... In fact, I used to, I, I've been told... There was a couple of occasions of an encounter by a drunk who would not believe that I'm not 
Sam or Mark of Sam and Mark. I can't for the life remember which one, but it was one of them anyway. But that was 15 okay, years I, ago. I've had quite a lot of people assume that I'm JK of JK and Joel quite a lot of few times. <laughs> Is that because you've been hanging <laughs> around with Joel? And yeah, basically. That, exactly, because they don't know what, they don't really know what they look like. So they meet Joel and go, are you JK then? And, and there, have been, there have been times later in the evening I've gone, yes, I am. Well, so, hey, uh, I don't blame you, because that could, that could lead into all sorts of interesting directions. I would imagine there'll be all sorts of trouble for JK one day when he finds out about some sort, something he's been up to in Camden in 2009, and it actually turns out to have been me. But there, are, there we go. Uh, moving on. This is taking a weird turn, isn't it? Hasn't it? We were, talking, Hasn't we were talking about wrestling a short while ago, and now we're talking about Daniel Beddingfield and, uh, anyway, and various to, different misdemeanors. Anyway, just to close, close off the little plug, um, very few tickets oh, yeah, left for London guys for the Greatest Royal Rumble. Very few indeed. Um, probably only about 20 left that we're going to actually sell because we don't want to ram you guys in there we want to make it comfortable for everyone so if you want one of those last 20 get yourself off to the usual place ringsideworld.co.uk or hookedonevents.co.uk and grab yours now um, yeah that's it so we'll have to move on to a completely different subject uh, Natasha Beddingfield now um, you're talking um, now well, you're talking. you say that, but didn't didn't she didn't she sing a song called "I Want to Have Your Babies"? Not don't play hard to get love. You know I, mean? imagine, <laughs> I don't imagine remember getting that, one. that message on the voice. But I'm, wasn't, I'm sure that was her. I'm sure was that, that was what you heard? Be... No, I'm I, sure. I, I, I don't know. Everyone listening will be agreeing with me and saying that that's definitely a Natasha Bedingfield song. The only one I know. Can get on with it. These words was the one I know. And that they were fantastic. That, that was a terrible song as well. Great. Oh, Sasha Benningfield, I want to have your babies. That is the uh, that is the actual. Uh... In fact, Lord. let's 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 read the entire lyrics of the song. Uh, what happens in <laughs> Vegas stays in Vegas, but what if I don't? What if it don't? What happens in my head stays in my head, but sometimes it won't. What if you knew what I was thinking? Would it make you like whoa? I don't want to risk putting my foot in this, so I keep my mouth closed. You really should do, love. All you hear is, ah, 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 gonna button my lips so the truth don't slip. Ah, 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 got to beep out what I really want to shout. Whoops, did I say it out? Oh, this is absolute yeah, drivel. We need to stop this quickly. Absolute drivel. So let's finish it. Um, I want to have your babies. You're serious like crazy. I want to have your babies. I see them springing up like daisies. Bonnie Boiler, lunatic. Stay well away. Anyway, that's uh, just my message to anyone out there that may be having a current relationship with Natasha Bedingfield. Well, that's, that's, that's quite I, a. I imagine that's no more than ten or twelve people. Well, Rob, but it's, um, I have now decided um, what the forfeit is if I win my bet. Okay. We'll be singing that live <laughs> on the podcast next week. <laughs> No, you better find no, the no, 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 yes. no, 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 please, 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 let's go back to doing, um, can we, uh, hang on, everyone, um, spend my days, what, no, no, can, no, we, mate, can no, we not no, go no. back to that? That's what we're going, you better hope it's 14 minutes of excellence, because otherwise you'll be seeing Natasha Beddingfield live on the podcast. You better hope and pray that you'll wake someday back in your own world, is that what you're saying to me? <laughs> that was a question on my uh, pub quiz. Last I know it was, and I've still got the hump. <laughs> Even though it wasn't a proper quiz, Paul wouldn't give me, Paul, we're doing a quiz this week, uh, Paul and I each do pub quizzes, and we're sort of helping each other out, we're doing questions, and Paul asked, asked the question. Um, the question was, um, it was a round all about Shakespeare. So the round was, in 1992, the band Shakespeare's sister had a UK number one hit that was number one for eight weeks, what was the name of the song? Right, I said "Stay with Me," and you were wrong. And I was wrong. I'm, no, no, I, I, but I think, 
I think in a in a quiz where I scored very highly on your quiz, let's face it, I think that it's a I think it's a fair thing. I think I, how many people got that spot on when you actually asked it on Saturday? Um, night? Some got it. Few got it spot on, and a few wrote stay with me, and were disappointed when I said no. Ah, uh, see, that's just well, where's your cut off? My cut off is say. stay. Where's your cut off? Oh, I said my stay. My cut off is the song title. I said stay. Yeah, but don't add extra words. Well, hmm. that's. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the time. I just want to end, I just want to end this nice this segment with some good news. Is that uh, uh, on the 21st of March 2009, Beddingfield married American businessman Matt Robinson in Malibu, California, and uh, last year they announced they were expecting their first child, and their son Solomon Dylan Robinson was born on New Year's Eve 2017. So that's that, uh, that's lovely. That Daniel or, and, Daniel or Natasha? No, that was Natasha, and it's, uh, I just want to say that she said. Uh, uh, she wanted to have someone's babies, and then eight years later, she ground him down. I presume through a series of uh, very, very annoying phone calls. But uh, there we are. That's the bedding fields. Um, they'll be uh, they'll be coming up soon on the on a channel near you. Um, shall we talk about the uh, the superstar shakeup? Shall we? That's a good. Topic. I didn't have a segue for that, <laughs> so I thought I just can, I thought I'd do a real hard one. I didn't have any way of breaking bri- bridging. So I Let's just went It's it's a slightly better topic than um, for a wrestling podcast than the love lives of the betting field, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. Although I do wonder if um, there might be a. I was no, actually, I'm not going to do that. It was a terrible. I was when I said I didn't have a segue, I should have stuck with that and not tried to do what I was going to do. Um, let's, yeah, superstar shakeup. So who won? Did, did was there a winner? Uh, oh, it was unquestionably SmackDown. It was, wasn't it? I think everyone sort of feels that way. What do you feel that is Vince and Kevin Dunn and Stephanie and whoever else is in the uh, Triple H, whoever else is in the uh, the corridors of power these days? Are they sitting there saying we have massively enhanced SmackDown, or do they think they've just shaken it up and it's quite even? It's a really interesting question. I I suspect. You know, you look at the wrestlers that have gone over to Raw, um, and I think, I think, in in the eyes of the the upper echelons, they probably think this is quite even. You know, they've given they've given them Mojo Rawley, they've given him Jinder Mahal, um, Breezango, Bobby Roode. There's some big names there, but there's also uh, Byron Corbin, who apparently is pegged to be the next big thing. Um, okay, that'll work. Um, yeah, I th- I think there's there's probably going to be a lot of a lot of satisfaction that it's been made to be uh, quite even, but it's not true. Baron Corbin being moved to Raw to potentially feud on top with Roman Reigns, Good that Lord. really is. I mean, that is really the archetypal. Would you rather have a broken leg or a kick in the bollocks? Oh, that is just dear me. What are people going to think about that match? All those people that boo Roman Reigns. Are they going to automatically cheer Baron Corbin? No, no. I think it's going to be... Um, well, let's put it this way. Um, if I was to invest, I would be investing in a beach ball company to follow Raw Round while that feud was in the main events. Yes. There's going to be a um, lot of distracted fans. It does It does seem to feel... It does feel like there might be a few people that have just been put over onto that roster with the sole intention that they might get booed a little bit more than Roman. Do you know what I mean? Is, is that a fair? I don't know. I, w- I, would, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have said that. No, I don't think so. I think. I think they've just dumped a load of dross 
if, if I'm honest. I think Raw was quite bloated anyway. And I think there's some big, you know, they're going to have big plans for Jinder. They're going to have big plans for um, for Baron Corbin. Arguably, you could say, well, Bobby Roode was his debut was hyped up. You know, he was the big the big main event surprise. So clearly, they've got ideas for him and a few others. You know, Drew McIntyre maybe maybe Mojo, and then there's Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. So there's a lot gone into Raw as well. With SmackDown, I'd say, yes, they won on some of their pickups, but it's more um, addition by subtraction. There's a lot of guys that they've got rid of that their mere presence away from the show makes SmackDown better. And I'm talking about Baron Corbin. I'm talking about Mojo Rawley. Um, I'm talking about, to some degree, Dolph Ziggler. Um, certainly Jinder Mahal. Take those away. And even if you didn't replace them with anybody else the show's better well I think that's a very fair point um, I think that uh, I've always I've always been interested in that the sort of the negative stigma about certain things like for years and years and years I listened to TNA with Mike Tanay commentating and I never thought Mike Tanay was terrible mm. but I always sort of associated Mike Tanay with WCW and when the staging of TNA looked a little bit like um how WCW Saturday night used to look and when Dave Penzer was the ring announcer and Mike Tanay was on comms I just felt this feels like a sort of shitty version of WCW mm. and that's really not a very good way of going and I don't think there's anything wrong with Mike Tanay or indeed Dave Penzer but they just they I associated them with a a poor product and and I think there is some I heard someone talk this week about Roman Reigns's music and they said that actually Roman Reigns' music, there's nothing bad oh. about the music, necessarily. You know, it's a sort of, when The Shield had that music, all it right, was badass. The, the, the cool bit at the start, but it's the same music, basically. Yep. And it sounded really good for The Shield, and it's a sort of dun dun, dun dun, and it's got a little catchy, you know, hook to it, and it's, it's kind of badass, as you put it. But actually, now, as soon as you hear dun dun, dun dun, there is just that kind of natural, oh, you are so you, right, mate. You are on you the You cannot planet. help but go... I, I will admit that I've heard others discussing this, and this is not necessarily a, a, a brand new thought of mine, but um, is it worth... Is it worth with Roman doing... I mean, just... You've been talking so much about Bray Wyatt, about having him go away and come back and be indifferent. Now, they've not completely gone into that. They've not completely... Um, no. ...had the break or whatever. They just sort of like changed him up for now. They can probably have him switch back quite quickly if they need to. If they suddenly decide that, oh, we preferred Bray as he was, it just turns out he's been playing Matt all along, and they just—I I suspect in six months' time they'll just drop Matt like a bad habit when they lose the tag titles or something, and and the old Bray comes back. But um, you know, I'm not suggesting that Matt Hardy is going to, uh, you know, take uh, take Roman out to the Hardy compound, you know, where he's got the uh, the talking horse and the. Mm. Uh, the wife with playing the piano and the dilapidated boat and I don't know maybe a bed in a field sorry to do that again <laughs> but um, you know I, he may have all these things but maybe he's going to put Roman in the lake of uh, reincarnation I don't know but uh, what I'm being I'm being serious is that maybe Roman could take a beating off of um, off of Brock again on Monday, on Friday lose again and if he went away for even just a couple of months but when he comes back have a different outfit and cut his hair short and shave the beard off or have a different music just just change Roman Reigns just change mm. him a bit 
I just give him a different attitude. I'm not saying make him a heel necessarily. If, if Vince is so desperately against that, but here's the thing: we have done the Roman's, you know, conversation way too much to get into this at long like, length tonight. But the thing is with Roman, in the past I have defended Roman against the people, where the people have booed him. You can't wrestle, and I've gone. Well, actually, he's really, really good as a pro wrestler, and. Okay, yep. he's miscast, but it's not his fault. Blah, blah, blah. You know what? He's boring now. Yep. The match at WrestleMania was terrible. His promos since have been have been terrible. There was that fleeting moment about seven, eight weeks ago where he did he cut that promo on Brock and he said, well, I basically did the kind of where are you and, and had a go at him and, and the fans sort of started to respond and we all went, oh, hello. We might just have turned the corner here. But basically it lasted one night and everything he's done since, it's... But, He's so dull. When's the last time anything interesting... At least with Cena. You know, when Cena might have had that polarising character and some people booed and some people cheered. But at least you always got something entertaining off of Cena, didn't you? There was always something going on. Even if he was getting the shit kicked out of him, something was happening with John Cena. Whereas Roman, it's just like... Well, he moans about something and then someone else moans about him and Joe has to carry him. And then one of them will beat the other one up and then we move on to the next week. And it's like... It's so tedious. I think it's like, fundamentally... That's shaking the, the... up. The big problem with Roman Reigns to me uh, compared to John Cena is that you believed everything that John Cena did. Whether you liked it or not, you believed it and he believed it and conveyed that. Roman Reigns, it feels like he's fake. It feels like everything's him playing a part. I don't think he believes in what he's doing. He doesn't look particularly motivated to me. Um, It's not it's, it just doesn't it just doesn't grab me and I, the the point I, I want to circle back to what you were saying about the music because I'm, I was thinking this not long ago and I think that WWE know this you're right when that da 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 hits there's a Pavlovian reaction in the audience now just to boo or sigh or just react negatively and you listen next time it's a Roman Reigns match more so than any other guy on or act on the roster they pause before they play that music they let that hang in the air because everyone knows it's coming and they have silence and they let it build and they let it build and they let it build it's always a few beats later than any other music would play in the same situation then it hits and then that reaction is there going and I've told I've said before if people don't want Roman Reigns on the top don't react because they are reacting he gets the best reaction of the night he gets the biggest reaction of the night if you want Roman Reigns off there, when that music hits, don't react. Whistle. That's the only way. No, don't do anything. Do, silence. Don't do oh, silence. Um, and that will never happen. Folded. Yeah, that will never happen because the audience, in some to some degree, enjoy the Roman Reigns experience. They enjoy booing the guy out of the building. They think it gives them some sort of power as an audience. Um, and it just it just plays into his hands, and you, you are giving them a reaction that they're after. Um, and so bravo to WWE if you really don't want Roman Reigns on top don't react simple as that um, but it's a shame because for me it's tainted everything about the Shield because I am pretty bored of Roman as an act when the Shield came back I would like him to come back with having not seen the gear for two years or having not heard the music for two years but unfortunately Roman, Roman Reigns has kept the same gimmick so instead it just felt like Seth and Dean were not, just not, like Roman. Yeah, not quite his lackeys, but certainly just yeah. 
exactly dressing like Roman and I did appreciate that they changed up Roman's look ever so slightly and put him back how he was in the shield uh, and likewise they gave Seth and Dean their old shield looks but it wasn't enough and to me you know how much I adore the shield I think it's just a phenomenal act I absolutely adore it um, but when they came back I just couldn't get excited because it just felt like Roman Reigns and Friends mm-hmm. and that's because Roman Reigns never changed and the other guys did and I think that ship sailed now I don't think there's anything else you can do about it um, I, I agree with you that repackaging him could help but there's far more important things if you want to if you want to change the tide of Roman Reigns there's far more fundamental things that you need to correct than gear, music, look that sort of thing by the way, there's a way of doing it as well. And I'll tell you what, very briefly what that way of doing it is. Imagine if you had Roman start to change things, change his music, change his ways, um, change his outfit, and just start to chuck in little, you know, healy moves and just little things that he was sort of subtly getting at that he was changing. And then you find out that who's the mastermind behind it? <laughs> yep. Paul Heyman. Tell me. Wrong. Dean Ambrose. Mm, okay. Dean Ambrose is, would be. I was, that, that's now. It's so obvious that it would be Paul Heyman. I'd have Dean Ambrose be the one behind the behind um, Roman Reigns because then, because Ambrose, to me, has been begging to be a heel for so long. Now he's miscast yes, as well. Just 100%. as people say about about Reigns, we had this wacky Ambrose babyface character. But if you want to do the the real sort of lunatic thing, if he's supposed to be Brian Pillman, which I always thought is what it's going for, some sort of Pillman Piper combo. If you really want him to have that, make him a bloody ma- not a complete manager. He can still wrestle, but essentially make him the sort of um, Kevin Sullivan sort of figure, or Jimmy Jacobs in the uh, it was Jimmy Jacobs, wasn't it in the uh, Age of the Fall? Yeah. It's like have that sort of um, you know mis- mystical, almost you know not quite cult leader like Bray, but that sort of character I think you know Dean could really be the one to get in Roman's head and say the reason you're losing matches to people like Brock Lesnar is because you're trying to win over the fans and stuff ignore them they hate you we hate them and then Dean could do all his talking and Roman could just stand there looking badass and looking miserable and then Dean could work them and Dean and if if you give Dean Ambrose carte blanche for a couple of years to get himself hated and he really really gets himself hated well then, what happens when Roman Reigns turns on him? Great shout, mate. You might just get you might just get a reaction where you people want Roman Reigns to deck Dean Ambrose. We've talked earlier on about getting people to boo Reigns more than Reigns gets booed. I know if you're going to do it short term with people like Corbin and whatever, they're getting booed because people don't like the act. If if Ambrose does it, I think Ambrose is talented enough on the microphone and. And, and it has an annoying punchable enough face that if you give him a couple of years and then you have Roman turn on him I think you, I think you could be onto something very interesting perspective mate I like I like big bones of that that's for sure Spe- speaking of that sort of um, relationship um, very very quick one but uh, Drew McIntyre being a sort of uh, heater for Dolph Ziggler discuss well um, potentially interesting way too early to um, to make any sort of assessments on it we haven't even seen how they're going to gel together yet but I do like the idea of, have, of Dolph Ziggler having this big bastard who can come in and do his dirty work for him um, he's never really had that 
before other than when he had Big E and that didn't really that was more about the uh, what's a what's a chops um, AJ. AJ thing at the time so uh, Drew I think works better as a, an ass kicking heel anyway he has fully uh, rehabilitated his image since his last run in WWE in the 3MB stuff he is a badass killer now um, I'm, I'm hey look I'm open to it I can't really like I say I can't really assess it too early but it intrigues me it's interesting I think that three people that were in TNA quite recently that is to say Bobby Roode Bobby Lashley and um, and Drew McIntyre are all basically the opposite of what they were in TNA um, that McIntyre was probably having his best run as a noble babyface. Lashley was probably having his best run as a sort of a as a nasty, not a nasty heel, but just an obnoxious kind of heel. And I've always thought that Bobby Roode works better as a heel, yes, um, than, than a baby. So um, it'd be interesting to see how long those three instances last. And just a, as another little mini thought, when Drake Alexander has his moments on Raw because of the uh, the cruiserweights being around. And if they were to ever call up EC3 in the near future... Drake Drake Maverick, do you mean? Sorry, what to I, correct. What did I say? Drake Alexander. Oh, sorry, yeah, I do beg your pardon. I was thinking of... Uh, sorry to correct. Uh, our, friend, our friend Cedric. No, no, you're quite right. But, um, yeah, yeah, Drake Maverick. Um, and EC3 were to make an appearance. Basically, the whole of that kind of mini comeback... Because TNA got kind of good for a, a short period a couple of years ago when they had... Uh, some people were quite well cast, but you can actually have all of them on Monday Night Raw, including Kurt Angle that was involved in that stuff with uh, with Bobby Lashley. You yeah, can have them all yeah. on, on Monday Night Raw. How how strange that would be. Yeah, very odd. And I think I think I'd like to see, uh, following on from your thought a little bit, I would like to see Bobby Roode in time changed. I think he's doing a, a better than expected job as a babyface, but you're right, undoubtedly works better as a heel. And I think Lashley is a really interesting case you're right Lashley rehabilitated himself from absolutely nothing to a very very decent very credible main event wrestler in TNA with that cocky heel MMA persona um, he comes back to WWE and, and lo and behold he's, he's the same old Lashley that left the same old silent baby face just it feels like unless they're setting him up for something it just feels like they're completely missing the point it wouldn't be the first time that's happened bringing a guy back who was successful elsewhere and then trying to shoehorn him into an old gimmick um, that they've previously used him for and I just think I just think they really if, if they keep on that path with him I just feel like they've missed the point entirely yeah I would tend to agree um, do they get to keep their names who We've got two bobbies on the same uh, oh, same brand. No. They, don't like, they don't like having two Dude, names say. No chance. Give it six weeks and there'll be no Bobby Lashley. It'll just be Lashley. Back to Lashley again. Yeah, That's what absolutely. Happens, isn't it? absolutely. And he'll join. We'll, we'll have a little audit at some point. The amount of people that have either lost their first name or lost their surname. You know my theory about Seamus and Cesaro basically having the surname <laughs> and of and a surname and a forename. Seamus Cesaro. Them. Yeah, but that could be a one. Someone, someone out there is working as their. Uh, as uh, Antonio O'Shaughnessy, just to, uh, <laughs> just to just to fit the gap. But uh, um, okay, moving over to SmackDown. Would you have ever believed at any point <laughs> in history that on the same brand at the same time are AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Daniel Bryan, Shinsuke Nakamura, 
and Jeff Hardy. It's remarkable, isn't it? It's absolutely remarkable. What a roster. I'm just slightly... If, if I had one criticism, it would be that Owens and Zayn aren't part of that group. But I am nitpicking because that's just truly, truly great. And I, I would I would go as far as to say, if you add The Miz to that group, you've got the new version of the SmackDown 6 staring you in the face. That's... And and you know what, I kind of will in a, in a second. I just want to ask what you thought of the uh, the closing moments of Raw, um, sorry, closing moments of SmackDown when uh, when Big Cass laid out um, Daniel <laughs> Bryan and, and Big Cass was the person that we saw standing. What did what, what did you think? Um, it depends what they go with it. I think I think if they were going straight into a Daniel Bryan Big Cass feud, I think that's a mistake. Um, I understand that they want Big Cass to be a main eventer. I get it. I don't particularly like it, but I can see from their perspective where they're coming from. Hopefully, but but as a as an ally of the Miz, yes, then that works much better. He would be the perfect muscle for the Miz. That's what I saw as soon as I saw um, Big Cass laying out um, Daniel Bryan. I just assumed that Big Cass equals the Miz Tourage. Yes, so off off those two pop. And by the way got a fear for them in terms of their uh, their job security haven't you I wonder if uh, you, you, Bo you Dallas really. and uh, Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel are coming to a wrestling um, comic con near you um, but uh, I just looked at Big Cass and thought that's the Miz's guy that's the Miz's new guy and it's one of the reasons I brought up the Ziggler thing because it feels like someone somewhere mentioned you know remember how well it worked when we did Sean and Diesel you know remember how well it works when you've got a big heater with a a cocky heel, and, it's like, and suddenly they're popping up all over. They're the place everywhere. I think that they, I think that they're going to do the same. They're going to do McIntyre, Ziggler, and they're also going to do Miz and uh, Cass. I think I think it'll be slightly Although, different. I expect McIntyre, Ziggler to be more sort of a tag team, loose tag team, but I could definitely see Cass being more the muscle for uh, for the Miz. I think so. I think it's a very good chance, and uh, I would assume that. Um, I would assume that that's where they're going with it, and I, w- I would hope they would. I keep it going a couple more weeks as well. I have, I wouldn't have the Miz necessarily turning up. Just give it enough air that people might have forgotten about him for a couple of weeks, and then out he comes wandering behind Big Cass after an attack at some point, and sure. all is revealed. So that actually, but that does kind of fit. It fits your, it fits your group. You know, if you, if you, if you stick um, the Miz in there having matches with Daniel Bryan, and then you've got the other ones. There's just there is your six, and it's uh, yeah, absolutely. It's a fascinating prospect, and there's some other, there's some other good talent on SmackDown. It doesn't just mean. Uh, well, no, um, they, they they picked up Sheamus and Cesaro as well, didn't they? It wasn't. Um, well, I think that the whole tag division looks as if it's kind of. They've shifted some tag teams, haven't they? Yeah, ludicrously good. So you know, I think Gallows and Anderson have gone there as well, haven't they? Gallows and Anderson, uh, obviously Sheamus and Cesaro. I think it just looks absolutely incredible. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention. Um, and specific superstars was on, was on Jeff Hardy actually. So Jeff Hardy's had a big week. Obviously, it goes without saying he won the US title and he uh, and he took the uh, excuse me um, the move over to SmackDown as well. Now yeah, we talked about him last week yeah. and retained. We talked about him last week about how he sort of blew off broken Matt Hardy 
for the want of a better word brilliant storytelling such a very simple scene to show that he kept up the nonsense brother Nero stuff just to keep his brother happy and make his brother comfortable who his brother by the way is absolutely insane we know this as an audience Jeff Hardy knows this because he's on our side but he also lets Matt think that he's part of the same mindset just so his brother doesn't go off the deep end completely I thought that was impeccably good characterization by WWE in one scene you accomplished so much brilliant we move on to this week and it's Jeff against Jinder and it just struck me how Jeff Hardy right Jeff Hardy debuted in the WWE 20 years ago as a, as a featured talent I know he'd been doing um jobber matches for a long time before then but as a featured talent it was 20 years ago and again I know he's not been in the company he's, he's probably if we measured it what maybe 12 of those 20 years he's been with WWE I don't know I'm not sure I'm pulling that off yeah, the top of my head maybe a little bit more but yeah um, okay what struck me is just how young and fresh the guy still feels the guy still feels as exciting as the day he started his singles run 15 years ago or whatever it was and I can't think of anybody else who you could say that about who's been in, affiliated with one company for so long who feel he just feels exciting and he feels new and he does not feel like a 40 odd year old dude I just think he's absolutely incredible and says so much about his character and his staying power and his star power that he can still have that fission of excitement into his 21st year in WWE remarkable I would put it down probably to his um his clean living past is probably how he stayed so useful. But <laughs> you know what I mean, though. Uh, no, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Um, on the on the tag front, we'll come back to uh, something that you just said in, in a second. But on the tag front, I'm just flicking through the roster here. So on SmackDown, you have now. Uh, so the tag team champions are the the Bludgeon Brothers. Yeah. And then you have uh, Sheamus and Cesaro are there now. Uh, and you, where are the new new day are still there, aren't they? Yes, they are. They are. Uh, the Usos. Still there. They're still there. Gallows and Anderson are there. Um. Sanity. Hello, Sanity. That's what I was just about to say. Hello, Sanity. Getting called up and getting involved in the uh, in the action there now. So that is just so stacked on a on a tag team like the Colognes. If you really want to go into a bit more, yeah. but um. There are some there are some teams there, isn't there? That's a, that's a lot of fun to um to look at what's what's going on in that uh, that division, and it just makes me think that the losers in all of it, almost by default. But I feel bad for the revival. Oh, oh absolutely! What a you just think if you could just chuck the revival in there as well? Oh my goodness, what a division that could be! Oh no, the revival really. And I don't think through any fault of their own. They came onto Raw with a huge head of steam just a little over a year ago. One of them comes down with a long-term injury. He comes back, and then the other one comes down with a long-term injury. You can't survive that. The the attention of the writers has moved on, and they're forgotten about. And now they're you know heel jobbers. And Christ, it's going to take a massive rehabilitation to get over that. I in fact, I I'd like to see them go back to NXT. I don't think that's how they. The, the company works but they've got so much good in them and so much potential I'd love to see them go back and be incubated in NXT for just a little while just so they can show people what they can do again and then give them that they deserve another chance because I really truly, truly feel like their, their DOA 
on the main roster and I just don't think it's their fault um, they're the disciples of Apocalypse <laughs> <laughs> it's a new gimmick but um, it's a real shame and you know maybe a move to Smackdown could do that for them but you look you look at the the, the tag rosters now and they're so so mismatched okay on Raw you've got the Authors of Pain and, and like you say you've got the Revival but there's not a whole lot going on beyond that is there there's Breezango um do we get Chad Gable and Jason Jordan back together? That was the, as a heel that was American Alpha. What I was going to say. No, I think he's a babyface American Alpha, and I think that Why? could be. Uh, Why would it be babyface? Because they're just they're good, and eventually they can just they can just they can just remind everyone that they're shit hot as a tag team. Almost completely drop the Kurt Angle thing, and just Kurt could just say to Jason Jordan, "I bought I bought Gable back for you. That's why I signed him. You know, you two hook up again." And they could make it make it a little bit kind of I don't know stuttery at the start that Jordan wants to do his own thing, but they soon start teaming well, and eventually people just forget they are that good American Alpha if they just get going, and that's where the revival could come in if you just put together a really decent best of seven series or something and just let the two of them go at it. Oh, believe me, that could I, just be the gimmick. You'd have no complaints from me at all. That could that just be a gimmick. Just sometimes good wrestlers can get out of stuff by just wrestling. True. So if we're worried about True. Jason Jordan getting booed and whatever, just go bollocks. American Alpha, Revival, best of seven series, best of five series on Raw, off you go, lads. And they just have a, a great set of matches and people will just, they'll see they'll see what they need to, which is that there's a, you know, a decent team in there. So actually, once you start thinking about it, if you put those two together and then you've got the Authors of Pain and assuming that Hardy and Bray sit together for a bit. Yeah, and if Ziegler and... McIntyre make something of themselves you know obviously you can have a couple that sort of back it up by losing here and there like the Ascension and Breezango um, and Breezango and Heath and Rhino and yeah and whatever you've actually you know and, and Titus Worldwide oh yeah true there's actually there's actually quite a lot of teams oh yeah you've got the you've on, got the on, numbers on both rosters there's an awful lot of teams you've, it's you've so... got the numbers no question but I think whereas before the divisions were fair, both very good and fairly level I think SmackDown, in its current incarnation, walks it by a million miles. Oh, I, I agree. I agree. I agree. Um, and just uh, just to round things off, just having a look at the the uh, the, the rosters, and again going back to um, to SmackDown. Uh, you know, we talked about those six that we think are going to be um, strong, individual. Uh, you know, wrestlers that are going to con- contribute to great matches. Add to those Rusev, who we never mentioned. Yeah. Um, and add to those uh, um, Cien Almas. Mega, mega star in the waiting. So you know, there's some real, there's some real quality in there, and it doesn't feel like you know, you just go down the whole list, and it just, there doesn't feel like anyone where you go, oh, but yeah, but then they're gonna have to get a match out of. Again, let's not talk about him at length, but even with Braun, who is entertaining as hell at some point you've got to have a match with him mm-hmm. and it's like okay crikey if Braun's the champ then you know good you know if he's a champ for six months then goodbye for the next six months of having really great you know um, title matches because you can have big car crash you know sceneries around matches with bells and whistles and, and whatever but when you just want a good wrestling match sometimes you just want title matches to be good back and forth wrestling matches like NXT title matches tend to be yep and I think if you just look at that list of who we've been talking about, 
AJ and Joe and Miz and Brian and Rusev and Jeff Hardy. I don't know who else we've forgotten. We've forgotten Randy Orton. I was about to say This Orton. might be... This might be the catalyst for Randy. Because I've always defended Randy in terms of how good he is in the ring. It's just that I think he gives the impression of being a bit... Can't be bothered a lot of the time. And, and how stale has his character been ever since the... Uh, the whole nonsense with um, with Bray last year. Maybe this is just going to just put a, a fire under Randy Orton, and we might get some really decent Randy Orton stuff coming up. Um, if you think of him as a heel, I think you might you might be right. I I th- if you look at it like this, right? You know, you look at the top of the card on SmackDown. If I look at the top four faces, you see AJ Styles, you see Daniel Bryan, you see Jeff one Hardy, one, yeah. Jeff Hardy. And then, yeah, if it were me, if it were me, the, ne- the number four would be Rusev. He's ready. Okay. You could do that yeah. next week. I don't. I'm not saying I will. You could. Um, it's a good four. It's a great. It's a, it's a great four. four. It's a great four. And then you, on the heel side, obviously you've got Nakamura. You've got mm-hmm. Andrade Almas. I'm not saying he's number two, but I'm yeah. putting him in that. I'm putting him in the group. Yeah. Um, the Miz. Miz two. Probably yeah. number two. Yeah. And then Samoa Joe. And then two, wh- two, three. So Almas comes in at four, sort of thing. Yeah, I'd say so. so I'd say so. And then where does Randy Orton fit? Uh, my opinion is that Randy Orton doesn't fit. Um, I think Randy Orton has long since passed caring. I suspect we're not going to see a whole lot out of him anymore. But the very telling. Did you know? You would have noticed. It's impossible not to on SmackDown where Jeff Hardy came out to interrupt Orton. Essentially, mm. he basically stole his spotlight, and Orton didn't look happy. Brilliant. There's your first Brilliant. Jeff Hardy feud. Great spot. It was a great spot. I don't mean it's a good spot by you, although it no. was a good spot by you. But a great spot on the night. Yes. But here's the other thing I'll say. Who was it? It was it was Shelton, wasn't it? Yeah. So Shelton's in the ring. I need an opponent. Come on, who's my opponent? And just as we were just saying about um, Roman, you're dun-dun, dun-dun. So Shelton says, where's my opponent? I hear voices. And at that moment, the crowd goes... Yes! Yep. It's Pavlovian. Randy Orton gets massive reactions everywhere he goes, every building. People have over 10, 15 years heard that music and associated it with something big happening. Mm-hmm. What happens then is over the next 15 or 20 minutes, people sort of have this, oh yeah, he's not really as good as he was, is he? But the thing is, for everything you said about Jeff Hardy, you know, in his 21st year... Um, you know the fact that he's you know what is he 40 years old 41 years old 20, 21 years but it still feels fresh blah 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 Randy Orton's 38 mm. Randy Orton is two or three years younger than Jeff and but the thing is it feels like there's been no progression with Orton apart from the whole Wyatt stuff which was terrible and so since he was the kind of the authority guy you know that that we had the whole Daniel Bryan stuff with, which is what four years ago now, five years ago. Yep. You just feel like Orton's done nothing. No, 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 no. He'd have, he would have been he would have been better off going away for a few years and then coming back and being like Rob Van Dam or Chris Jericho or or whoever. Do you know, should have taken a break and then coming. Jericho just shows, doesn't he? That I mean, okay, Jericho's a better wrestler than Orton, but I've always liked Orton. I've always liked Orton's matches. I've always. I'm okay with Orton. He's not someone that annoys me like he does a lot of people. But but Jericho is just so smart and just goes away and comes back and picks his punches. Whereas Orton is just always there. And but I do think this could light a fire. I I, I think he's a heel. I, I would I would moving in. I would move him to a heel. I think it's a good shout. I think Jeff Hardy versus Orton 
and using this as a way of turning Orton heel, but have him be the bitter old veteran. Turn Orton. So we used to Orton used to be the legend killer, right? Let's yep. n- now have him be the legend. Turn the turn the story on its head, and have him say, you know, when I was making it, what I did to make it was I killed legends. Now I'm a legend. Let's see you kill me. Come on. One after another. Let, I dare you. Well, I, I, I do me. like that. I really like that. If, if you if you have SmackDown as the land of opportunity and highlight all these fresh new baby faces, having Orton as a heel who's the mirror image of what his heel character was 15 years ago, that's cool. Having Instead of going after legends, he's going after new guys. He's going after guys on yeah. the run-up because he's protecting his spot. And he's, he's saying, I've seen what it needs to, what needs to be done to get up here you're not doing it at my expense um, I'll leave the WWE marketing department to think of a fan- fancy catchphrase for that upstart killer but um, I think that's a really I, I think that's a really cool I think that's a really r- rookie rookie basher <laughs> no um, well no I'll tell you I'll tell you who will be a similar um, a much more effective version but they had a character essentially for Hardcore Holly, where Hardcore Holly was just this, basically this real-life Hardcore Holly. Was that he was a grumpy bugger yep. that hated rookies and just mistreated them and stuff. Now I think this was you know a bit of uh, work imitating art or whatever. Oh, art imitating life, life, yeah. Because of um, him actually beating up some rookies, but it was you know that sort of grumpy character of I've been here forever and you kids don't appreciate it and chuck in some little bits of you know of, of Nick Botwinkle and of Ollie Anderson and Harley Race and these characters that were you know Vern Gagne and Fritz Von Erich and these ones that outstayed their welcome you know the ones that were yeah. there too long and they were just they were too old and they were they couldn't do it anymore now listen Orton can still do it he's still in great shape Orton's still younger than Orton's younger than the AJ Styles yeah yeah I was about you know, to say. AJ, you feel like AJ. You know, do you realise that AJ Styles is only just under a year away from being the age that Ric Flair was when he won the. Um, it's crazy. When he won the Rumble in '92. Crazy, isn't it? And when and Ric Flair was basically the same age as Bob Backlund, who was the veteran coming back. AJ Styles is nearly as old as Bob Backlund when he was the old man in the Rumble. Think about it's that. It's mad. But um, it's, it's true what they say about having not about a real age and a TV age. Yeah, of course it is absolutely it is it's, it's his freshness and it's where people like Jericho and Undertaker and others get away with it because you don't feel the ageing process because they've changed and this is the problem with Orton isn't it Orton is still just Randy Orton what is that character yeah. now and, uh, well uh, explain to explain to someone that hasn't watched wrestling for 20 years what is Randy Orton's character they're on the they're on the line now here's you know they're, they're speaking to you now oh. Paul that's the Explain point. Randy Orton. It's impossible to do. It's a guy with tattoos and trunks who has a great finishing move. There you go. That's it. You need three letters to describe yeah. Randy Orton. Okay. That's it. And that is literally that is literally it. Randy Orton's been around for a long time. He can be competitive with anyone, and really, when it really comes to it, he hits his finishing move. But what a character to actually to start building younger guys. As in, imagine if you took someone like. Because uh, I don't. The thing is to have that kind of legend that kills, you know, a killer legend as opposed to a legend killer. To have that character, you have to win quite a lot. Yes. So it'd be one thing to say, "Oh, let's put Orton up against, you know, Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles and whoever," but he'd have to beat some of them. 
So you're going to have to have a few where they're, they're low down enough that just, just by working with Orton in itself is a bonus. And you can try and make them by having them come close, but Orton still wins. Let's take a Ty Dillinger. Right, I mean, I'm not a big Ty Dillinger. Actually, that's not a good example, because Ty Dillinger's a lot older than you think. Mm, yeah, he is. Um, um, oh, let me, it's actually, no, when you think about it, it's actually quite difficult to to pick anyone out. But um, you... I, I, I know. What about Xavier Woods? Let's say that they wanted to put Xavier Woods on a little individual pedestal. Yep. Maybe take a break from New Day for a little while. And he stands up to Orton. New, I want to make a name for myself. I was an individual. I know my boys have still got my back. They're going to carry on with the tag team, the two of them. But I want to prove myself. Xavier Woods, can he can stand up against someone like you, Orton. It's time you used to decide to let kids like me come through. And Orton belittles him and slags him off. And then you do, at a pay-per-view, a 15-minute back-and-forth Woods and Orton match and put enough spots in it that it looks like Woods has got him. <coughs> Excuse me. And then just have it two or three times, just get close enough. Orton, foot on the ropes. Oh, my God, he survived. And then just at one moment, Woods goes for something, hesitates on the top rope, jumps, misses it, turns around, RKO, one, two, three. But you just put Woods over as what a plucky, fantastic babyface performance. But you know what? In the end, Orton just had enough. And you could do that two or three times. And you could actually make people like um, like Woods and like maybe... Uh, you could probably do it with Cien Almas. He's probably in a position where you wouldn't be killing him too much. I think to have a really good epic match with Orton would be better for his career. I know he's a heel. I know what you mean, though. But it's, 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 it's the position that he's in. Um, you could do it with Killian Dane if, if, you, if you position Sanity as a, as a babyface act. I don't know what they'll do. But I think Dane has an upside that's something they really can use in the future. And I think all of those people would really benefit with matches with, with all... Well, someone like, someone like a Ricochet some point... would be a great example as oh, well. Oh, perfect. Wonderful. Oh, oh. And you've got a built-in storyline with Orton and Flippy his, dippy his doodars, yeah. Ah, oh, that that's a WrestleMania match. <laughs> Could be. Could be. That's a WrestleMania match. Ricochet versus Randy Orton, that's a WrestleMania match. And 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 by the way, Randy Orton should win. But that's a terrific match. That's a great storyline. Oh, wouldn't people hate Randy Orton for beating Ricochet <laughs> at WrestleMania? And Ricochet puts on the most wonderful performance you've ever seen and batters him for 15 minutes and then Randy goes, RKO, one, two, three. Yeah, but can you imagine oh, the... Uh, people the, would be what raging! What, can you imagine the flip they were doing to the RKO? I mean, just... It would be oh, insane. Oh. But that's... I mean, you've just, you've, you've just picked the best example, a, a way better example than anyone I could come up with. <laughs> um, but, you know, you do all of that and then and then you then you pick your person that, that, that you know, that beats them... Um, Orton. The trouble is, is actually all of the top baby faces that we just put in a position that we're enjoying, none of them are actually kids, are they? Nope. AJ and Daniel Bryan, and who else did we say? Jeff Hardy. And Samoa Joe. And Rus- Rusev, or Samoa Joe we had on the heel side, but even oh, sorry, but none of them are actually, right. none of them are up and, up and coming kids. Like, maybe you'd, maybe it's an 18-month plan to have Orton lose to Johnny Gargano. Like, that could be the person he goes to eventually. <coughs> but that. I just think it's a I just think it would be a way of re-energising Randy think, and just having him be relevant again I think it's if you if the key thing is his motivation and again I try not to delve too deep into these you know um, 
insider bits and bobs that we could possibly have couldn't possibly have any knowledge about whatsoever but it does seem to me that Orton's just got zero motivation that he's happy to be the name picks up a very big check goes and does his RKO and gets the hell out of them and spends time with his beautiful family that's my impression whether I'm right or wrong I don't know but I just get the feeling he's not not that arsed about about rebuilding himself in that image I, I just think he seems quite content yeah, maybe maybe you're right, but I, I, hope I not. still think that given, I still think that given the right set of circumstances, that uh, that the um, he could be really fired up and, and could get in that right position. Um, to finish off the chat, I just realised we haven't mentioned the. Uh, we, we've talked about how the tag division on SmackDown looks stronger. I think the women's division on SmackDown looks stronger as well. Well, um, yeah. Let's just take a, cu- a couple of minutes to look at that and say that here is the. Uh, the, uh, the roster as it stands according to Wikipedia at the moment this is on Smackdown Asuka Becky Lynch Billy Kay Carmella Charlotte Flair Lana Mandy Rose Naomi Nikki Bella Peyton Royce Sonya Deville and Tamina that's the people that according to uh, um, according to Wikipedia on the Smackdown roster um, I would chuck in not that she's going to wrestle I don't think but I would also chuck in um, Zelina Vega uh, who is a fantastic character in um in Almas's corner, I don't think we're going to no. see her in the women's um, division, but she, but she can wrestle. So if they um, if they need to go down that road, she's a better wrestler than say Lana is or Carmella is or um, a few of the others. So um, you know she can actually get in there if necessary. So it's it's a very very stacked SmackDown side of things. Interesting that they have taken Asuka away from Ronda Rousey. I don't think it's um I don't think it's a surprise. I think it's I think they've played their hand perfectly on these rosters and to pat myself on the back, all the I, I predicted it exactly this way. You know, all this talk about Charlotte Flair going to Raw was never gonna happen because then you have to spend almost a year finding a way for Charlotte and Ronda to tiptoe around each other. It just wasn't gonna happen. When much more um, organically, you can just have them avoid each other by being on different brands. Now you've got a situation where you've got already got a very clear path to Charlotte um, up to WrestleMania next year. So you've lost; the, she's lost the title. So that gives her something to fight for there. So in the in the short term, she's going to be working her way through the iconic duo who cost her that title. Then she goes to Carmella. Then I would imagine Becky Lynch then she goes to Asuka and she's like the final roadblock as it were and then you're at Wrestlemania and then you can unleash Charlotte against Ronda Um, it just seems to make so much sense and I really genuinely do think that it's going to be Charlotte against um, Ronda as the main event next year at Wrestlemania it's just too tempting not in in New York in a year where there's going to be all the eyeballs on them even more so than there was this year it makes so much sense to have that match and it doesn't and, it, and when it gets there if they play their cards right in the booking and the presentation of these guys it won't feel forced at all it'll be a genuinely credible main event um, mm-hmm. so I think that I think we've already seen the steps towards that and a big big part on the back for WWE because I think even in this early stage where the chess pieces are only just sort of started to be racked up on the board I think they've already put them in the right places I think it's a cracking move Meanwhile the road for Ronda is also pretty clear I think mm. we talked um, was it last week or the week before about Mickey James um, possibly being the sort of uh, the first one up so she had a, yeah. uh, someone that's a lot more experienced Um Natalia has gone to Raw. Yep. 
Um, I would wager that there's a very fair chance we get some Ronda and Natalia versus Alexa and Mickey. Uh, Mickey action. Yep. So there's some. So now Ronda is in tags on house shows and stuff, so she's not exposed. She's working with Natalia, who's probably the best. When it comes to it, it's probably the best wrestler that they have. Yep. You know, in terms of just being the sound, in the sense, not she's not the the best in the division that needs to be on the top. But I'm she's saying the best technical wrestler. You know, you would be putting people with um, uh, with Tully Blanchard rather than putting them with Hulk Hogan. There you, you go. Know what I mean? Yeah. It's the it's the so you're putting um, you know Natalia along with the best wrestler in the division as her tag partner. She's got Alexa that knows how to play the game. She's got Mickey who's a pro as well. Um, so you do some Ron- so tag matches there, some single matches against Mickey, some single matches against Alexa. Then Natty turns, and then you can do Ronda and Natty. So there's there's the first three opponents yep. that you've just gone through. And by that point, you hope that she's ready enough that she can wrestle Sasha, who by that point will have turned heel on Bailey. Then she can wrestle Bailey, and then she can wrestle Ember Moon. It's like there's six opponents. That's a year. If you if you do that properly, that's a year. Yep. So. And that's not even going into your your Dana. But oh, I tell you what, she could get attacked by the Riot Squad, couldn't she? And and there's some there's some quick tap outs against the Riot Squad. So there's there's so much. Um, it, it's just stacked. And I mean, again, people are going to go hmm, predictable. Yeah, but sometimes that's okay. Because that's absolutely if it, if it right. Make if it gives her a year to improve, and it gets her ready for uh, um, for something against Charlotte. Okay you have to change the brand the issue is you have to change the brand but I assume you do that by having Ronda winning the Rumble uh, yes don't you? That's, that, that's, that's how you can yep. flip it so Ronda wins the Rumble straightforward and, then, and she, she challenges Charlotte yeah. so there we go let's not overthink these things um, credits them for uh, for setting out as Paul just said all the chess pieces uh, in the right order and not you know accidentally turning it turning it into backgammon midway through for a swerve bro <laughs> Um so that that all works for me. Um, anything else to bring up, mate? I think we've kind of covered all that in uh, in, in good order. No, I think we've. Done, I'm I'm happy with our thoughts. Well, what I was really wanting to avoid is having a forensic examination of whether we give a thumbs up or thumbs down to each pick. I think we've we've covered it how I'd like to actually. I think we've got over our feelings on the general um, movements. Who's who's better off? Who's worst off? And where we see things moving forward. So yeah, well played, mate. Thank you very much. Um. We were at this point going to do some uh, some questions from our, sh- our recent sheep quizzes. Yes. Um, for those of you that aren't aware, it's something that we do on the, on our Facebook page and uh, and beyond, which is a a sheep quiz. What it means is we ask some questions which uh, uh, 50 people answer, and your way of scoring points is by agreeing with the, the most other people. And um, we the reason we started talking about that here on the uh, on the podcast a lot was to garner interest um, it is quite the opposite now we're actually having to sort of subdue interest a little bit Paul yes because you can only really do it with 50 people and these sheep quizzes are filling up inside 24 hours now. yeah they're not, they're uh... not having to be publicised too much and for that reason I, w- I, w- I would actually rather not go into too much detail especially not because we're still in the midst of doing questions so maybe leave that to the next one but yeah that is exactly yeah we're, we're having so, to um yeah, we're having to turn people away, which is a bit of a shame, but great for the competition, I'm, and people seem to love it. I um, so what we're going to do instead? So what we're doing? We'll have a little bit, unless something major comes up uh, during the obviously next week. We will probably have a look at the uh, 
the Greatest Rumble and see how it went. But unless something hugely major comes up, we'll do some sheeping next week. Because as Paul said, we'll have, uh, we'll have had two sheep contests that will be in the, in the, ba- in the bag um, since then. Um, and I, I just think they make for fun um, topics of conversation. We may even just do one whole podcast where we just do some sheep questions. Yeah. They're, just, they're, fun to, they're fun to chat about. But uh, some of them were quite timely, the one before, about WrestleMania. And I don't think we want to drag too, drag our feet too much on WrestleMania. So I think next week or the week after we'll probably um, do some sheeping um, and we'll focus on your, your most recent set of things as well, I think, Paul, for, uh, uh, for that. Because it's, uh, I think they're, they're, they're fascinating topics even if uh, you're not playing the game uh, itself. Uh, we have some questions. We did, um, admittedly, quite late um, uh, in the uh, in the in the day just before we went on the, on our recording and uh, we did say uh, did anyone have any questions for um, for us to discuss on the podcast on our Facebook page and we've had a few not had many but then we did have uh, it was quite a late shout only about an hour or so ago that we actually put it up on the site so uh, yeah. thank you for those that have uh, asked us a wee question so we'll we'll round off this podcast by, by answering them I'm just bringing them up in front of me uh, Richard Halson is the first one that comes up and he says uh, considering they changed the WWE title in the UK in November and now a major show is taking place outside of the standard 7pm Eastern Time. I assume he's referring to the Greatest Royal Rumble. Um, how close do you reckon we are to a WWE pay-per-view of worth in the UK? So this often comes up, this topic, um, the old pay-per-view in the UK. I'm going to ask you a slightly different question to, to follow on from uh, uh, from what Richard says. Are we going to get a pay-per-view at some point, Paul? Or is it more likely that what we get is a version of what we're seeing now in Saudi Arabia um, yeah well to answer that I think that Richard first of all you've got to remember that when this thing going down in Saudi Arabia isn't a major pay-per-view they haven't given the Saudis SummerSlam or Wrestlemania yet but don't don't bet against them doing that in the future certainly but they've created something from the ground up for them um, and that's no different to what we've had in the past we've had it you know, insurrections and one night onlys and if one night only were to take place now back in 97 it was on UK pay-per-view now it'd be on the network worldwide um, so I don't see any real difference in what they're doing um, and to answer your question if we as in the UK government gave WWE a metric ton of cash the same size the Saudi government are giving them then we'd have a pay-per-view tomorrow um, it all comes down to finances at the end of the day so then obviously we all know the network model makes it more likely and to answer your question Rob um, do I think we'll get one nope I think we'll get um, I think we'll get variations on a smaller scale of what they've got what they're doing with um, with the Saudis and I think we'll also get the UK division but I would I, I'm, as, I'm as far away from thinking we'll get a Wrestlemania or a SummerSlam in the UK as I've ever been yeah I, I, don't, I don't think that works for them no nope. I also think they realise that Here's the thing that we might be shooting ourselves in the foot with there here, Richard. Um, when it comes to major pay-per-views like WrestleMania and SummerSlam, um, if there are 70,000 people in the arena, mm. um, I would dare to say that around about 10 or 12,000 of them now are British. Great point. Um, There's a huge amount of people that travel from Britain um, to America for the pay-per-views. If they were to do it over here... How many Americans are going to travel over to England? I don't think there's many. I think Europeans would travel to England, or I should say Britain, because there's every reason you could do it in, uh, like the, you know, the Aviva in in Dublin, or um, 
you know, at uh, Hamden Park or anything, if, if the right venue came up and they were happy to work with, I think they would want to be iconic and go back to Wembley um, if they were to do it, but because um, of, of the relationship mm. with, uh, with SummerSlam 92. Um, but so uh, there are other places that they could uh, they could do it at. Um, but I think that... Uh, I think they would be worried that they wouldn't necessarily draw the same number as they did back in 92. Um, and I think they just feel that they're on safe ground with WrestleMania and SummerSlam are there too. We can say what we like about the Rumble, but WrestleMania and SummerSlam are there too that they protect. And you'll notice that they go back time and time again to proven markets. Um, and they know that they can do that because here's the thing, they're not selling one show. They're selling NXT and the pay-per-view and Raw and SmackDown in the, in the markets. And it's a hell of a lot for them to bring over here and do all that. If we're ever going to get one, we're going to get a backlash or we're going to get something like that. So it's just a pay-per-view and they'll do it in the O2 um, and that'll be it. Um, but I think we're more like, I think at some point, if there is a British guy, this is what I would think is more likely. If there was a British guy, like if Drew McIntyre caught fire, in the next 18 months, I think you could do uh, a Brock Lesnar Beast in the East, or uh, a Greatest Rumble out in Saudi, or I'm not sure they've done another one in MSG. They've done one in MSG. Yes, they? they did. Yeah, um, it was on the network. Um, I think that Drew McIntyre challenging Roman Reigns for the world title. It's a um, Oh, I can't remember the name of the new venue in Glasgow. It's going to annoy me. The Hydro? What's the name of the new... The Hydro. Well done. Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns in the Hydro as a one, as a on, on a tour that you could make a one-off special and put that on the network and put a decent undercard into it and hype up that this is a big deal for the Scottish fans. I think that would be absolutely enormous. And I don't think we're going to get a pay-per-view, but I think if you had the right... I would he- I would headline a house show and put it on the network with the right person. I don't see an Englishman at the moment it fits. So I would say Balor in Dublin, if you could get... I don't know how big, uh, big of an arena they can get over there. They, I don't know if... They, it probably wouldn't look quite right to do it in the, uh, in the Aviva. It would probably be too big. They wouldn't sell enough for that. And I don't think they let, let it happen at Croke Park. Um, so I can see, but I can see, I can see a, a, a pay-per-view that had Balor looking for a title, plus all of your other Irish competitors on it as well, Sheamus and Killian and Becky. I think you could make something there. I think it would have to fit the, the theme, and I, and I think that would be the that would be the way in. But I, but I see it as a network special. I don't see it as a pay-per-view. Yeah, I agree with you. All of let that. Me ask you, let me ask you a let me ask you a question. When you were working for. Uh, RDA, who were working for TNA, yep. um, you must have come across the question about why TNA didn't have a UK pay-per-view, because it's one thing to talk about WWE, um, who are the biggest wrestling company uh, in the world, but are very firmly a North American company that recognises that it has a, a fan base in Europe, but TNA's fan base in the North America was dwindling or was never too much to begin with, but over here... You know, they had a very, very strong foothold. Um, was there ever, to your knowledge, real consideration of having a UK pay-per-view for TNA? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it would have happened. If TNA hadn't started its downward decline, um, 
it would happen and and again it all comes down to economics okay so tna were touring every year economics but yeah sort of whatever tna were touring the uk every year <laughs> and 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 with a with a show like that where its brand is strong to a degree but unlike wwe which could sell itself with the brand um that you know that ahead of any wrestler puts tickets um in the hands of fans TNA had to actually put the effort in every year. They had to give them something new and fresh to keep those fans coming out. So, you know, we started out doing the house shows, which worked really well. And then you do the house show with Ric Flair or the house show with Sting or with Jeff Hardy or whatever, whatever is the attraction. But then you got to up the ante. And I was actually in the room in Nashville when it was decided pretty much out of the blue if I'm honest really out of the blue that the tour that was coming up in what would it be about four months time back then it was about four months away it was probably September time October time uh, when we had this conversation we were going to do a TV taping um, Dixie made that call and she just decided that was what was going to happen and to her credit they pulled it off marvellously so you got the TV taping next year you got Hulk Hogan the year after that you've always got to up the ante you got the live show from Glasgow um, the same year I think it was the year after Hogan came um, I think if TNA would have carried on in the same vein it would have been bound for glory the next year I don't there's, I, I, in fact it was openly discussed there's not a doubt in my mind that would have happened but by the time it actually came around the brand had taken a huge huge hit the finances were down because of the spike issue it became completely untenable um, audiences in the UK were sour to the point where it wouldn't have supported it anyway and wouldn't have worked based on the roster that they had so it was it never would have happened but yeah if i i would say i suppose to simplify it if tna had stayed on spike back in the day you would have seen bound for glory in the uk that next year there you go that's a fantastic insight thank you mate um next question uh let's go to stevie aaron which is a familiar uh, name to us stevie aaron stevie. says does this mean yeah, does this mean we might get events in more unlikely places? Does uh, I assume he, he's talking about uh, the reference to um, the Greatest Rumble being in Saudi. Mm. Uh, he goes on to say, how about Vince and Co. go to North Korea like WCW and New Japan well, Pro Wrestling did? And he, re- he refers to, uh, by, a, by a link to a, a show called The Collision in Korea, which took place in, uh, in 1995. Well, I think, uh, although North Korea has uh, been an interesting... Um, political question for some time. I don't think uh, what was going on in Pyongyang in uh, in 1995 was quite uh, what it is today. Um, but that was a, a New Japan uh, WCW sort of co-card, yep. which took place in uh, in North Korea uh, almost exactly uh, 23 years ago. So I think the landscape has changed a little since then. That was in the Oki versus Flair, I think. Um, well, I don't know about North Korea, but I think. The idea of going to different places, I think, is definitely, definitely going to be on the uh, on the cards, isn't it? If, uh, if they get a good reaction to this this coming show. Yeah, look, Stevie's probably being slightly tongue in cheek with this, but in actual fact, that showing North Korea is probably the most um, most obvious um, sibling of the one that's taking place this Friday. In that it's going to a non-traditional wrestling a WWE Heartland for cash, um, and it's being run by the state as a propaganda tool quite simply um i wouldn't propaganda has negative connotations i don't necessarily mean it like that but it's being used by the state as a pr tool should i say um and that's what it is and that's what that show in north korea was so i think there's a huge amount of parallels between the two shows um 
and I've talked about this, I can't remember what I talked about it on the podcast or in private, but what we're seeing here with this Saudi Arabia show is the WWE's first toe being dipped into the Formula One model. Back in the day in Formula One, you know, it's always been a sport driven by money, but it was always tending to be in the traditional heartlands of the sport. So you'd always have your British Grand Prix and your German Grand Prix and whatever else. That changed in the, I don't know, when you, maybe the 90s. Not sure. I'm not a biggest F1 fan to be honest, but you know, you got the you got the Grand Prix going to Abu Dhabi, a purpose-built um, circuit out in the desert. Literally, I've been to that circuit for a race and for a USC press conference. There was nothing. It was built in the middle of the desert. It was built to bring eyeballs to Abu Dhabi, media to Abu Dhabi, and by God, it worked. There was a huge investment in that, huge billions of dollars, billions of dollars of investment on that campus. Now they've got the Ferrari World, they've got the Louvre. Um, that they've licensed from the French government, the branding for that. It's it's what they do over there. You've got Grand Prix in Sochi um, in Russia. You've got uh, the, the Baku Grand Prix is actually the European Grand Prix. You've got Grand Prix all over Southeast Asia, and they're all PR tools for the state where the onus isn't to make money. It's to create good PR around the host. It's to make the host look like an appealing, credible international player that's what this show is so if it works why should that not work for russia why should that not work for um i don't know singapore why should that not work for korea japan whatever whatever you want to choose um in short yes i think this could well be the start of a very very lucrative and different revenue stream for wwe where we see these types of shows um as pr tools more and more because WWE is a big name in entertainment and it's a big credible get for promoters and for countries it's not just a carny show to have a WWE show of some repute in your in your country in your city is a big deal that's why these big cities bid for Wrestlemania nowadays it's not like it was before there's not you're not going to have Wrestlemania in a Hartford Civic Centre it's never ever going to happen again um and so, yeah, I think absolutely, I think we could see some very weird and wonderful um, cities and nations hosting gigantic wrestling shows in the future. That's a really, really good answer. Um, I'm going to try and uh, enhance it if I can. Um, in 1974, I think, let me get my years right, I mm. think it was 74, um, Muhammad Ali fought George Foreman. Yes, um, yes. And it was one of the first ever. Um, this is when box, boxing. If you think boxing's a bit weird these days, and it's all a little bit silly, Amir Khan winning in 30 seconds and then calling out Kell Brook, and it's just a bit of a, a shit WWE pantomime. Well, actually, boxing was enormous in the 70s and 80s, and it was just a huge, huge sport, particularly in the heavyweight division, and particularly in America. And uh, Don King, who you'll probably be aware, most of you will be aware of Don King was coming onto the scene around then and his first big fight was Ali versus Foreman and he it, I mean this was, this may have been gimmicked it may not but the shout was that basically um, he promised each fighter however I think it was like five million dollars or something mad like that um, he promised each fighter a certain amount of money to have the fight but you've then got to get that money from somewhere and it just turned out that to go to Zaire and do the fight that people in Zaire were that keen to get the, uh, you know, to something, you know, as big as a, a world heavyweight title fight in their country, um, they were able to, to stump up the money and take the uh, 
the event to Zaire. I think it was only a year or two later that Ali and Frazier then fought in Manila. That's the, so, of course, the one I'm talking about in Zaire is so-called the Rumble in the Jungle. You then had the Thriller in Manila. And you had this little short series of, of fights that could go around the world and, and draw their attention. Now, that was Ali. I mean, Ali had that you know, world presence that he could, uh, he could demand that. But um, I think this is a, I think that's a similar sort of comparison to, to this Saudi Arabian thing where WWE could say, okay, who wants to pay for it then? You know, we, we have these kind of matches. Who wants to pay for it? Now it's not a one-off fight. It's um, you know, it's it's like a super big super card as it's as it's being looked at. But you know, to take that fight to Zaire, what that would have done for their for their government, for their image, and all that kind of thing. It's exactly what you were just saying about the. Uh, the F1. And it's a very similar thing to why there's so many Russian businessmen, oligarchs, as they call them, owning football teams, but, and shakes out in the Middle East owning football teams because it's a huge symbol of status. Look what I can do. Horse racing, just the same. All these horse, big horse races um, that take place at Royal Ascot and, and things like that, absolutely chock full of shake someone or other that owns the horses because it's a not only is it a good fun sport to them, but it's also a good breeding industry creates a lot of money, but it's also prestige and. Um, there are certain nations on earth that live on their prestige and uh, having entertainment, whether it's a sport, whether it's fixed entertainment, whether it's a little bit of both, um, then it's huge to them. Um, and I will round this off by asking you what is the the big, big wrestling connection, other than Ali having worked at WrestleMania 1, that kind of thing, but what is the big current wrestling connection to the Rumble in the Jungle, Paul Benson? The current, the can oh the Kinshasa, the Kinshasa, <laughs> which is the uh, the finishing move of Shinsuke Nakamura, is so cool because the Ali Foreman fight took place in Kinshasa right. at the time in Zaire. Now, if you were playing in the uh, the hooked on wrestling quiz for the uh, the WrestleMania parties, Kinshasa is now in the Democratic Republic of Congo, but it was at the time in the country known as Zaire. What was the name of Shinsuke Nakamura's finisher when he was in I, New Japan Pro Wrestling? I knew you were going to ask me this um, because it was it was the same it was on the same theme, wasn't it? Ooh. Go on. It was called the Bomaye. Bomaye, Bomaye, yeah, Ali, Bomaye. That's exactly it. Ali Bomaye was what the year they were. I don't know. What, I think I don't know what that meant. I think Ali's the king, or we love it. It's a, it was a huge, a hugely praiseworthy uh, chant. I won't pretend to know exactly what the translation is, but yeah, that was the chant. The chant. Ali Bomaye. So Nakamura, who is very, very aware of various different influences, called it the Bomaye, which was a reference to to Ali. And when he wasn't allowed to call it that, I think it must have some negative connotation in some way mm-hmm. that WWE wouldn't let him call it that um, he then changed it to the Kinshasa which sounds like a mad name for a finishing move to just name it after an African capital and I think it's why a lot of people when we put the uh, the question in the quiz that we, where is Kinshasa in what country is it a lot of people put Japan because they assume that uh, uh, Shinsuke would just name it after somewhere that he uh, he was from in Japan although one question we did ask was that uh, Nakamura was from a place in Japan whose name was an anagram of Tokyo, and at least one piece of uh, uh, answers that Dean Ayas marked next to me, someone had put Tokyo, which I suppose is technically an anagram of Tokyo, <laughs> if you swap the O's around. Um, but uh, but a fun thing, but of course, even going further back, Muhammad Ali was a huge, huge fan of Gorgeous George. Yeah, yeah. And part, part of the whole Muhammad Ali act and how 
mouthy he was and he just changed boxing entirely was the fact that Muhammad Ali was a huge pro he wrestling was. fan he was and particularly Gorgeous George was his uh, big influence and so there you are it's just a little uh, little impromptu wrestling history lesson just, we to, uh, just to just to end on this question just what one thing that's formulating in my head as we talk and it's slightly negative but it goes back to the Formula 1 example when and it, and it ties back to Richard's question about the pay-per-view us as Britons we're in the old world in terms of entertainment so back in the 70s and the 80s the, when we had the big boxing matches on our shores when the British Grand Prix was outside of Monaco the jewel in the crown in the F1 circuit we were, we were the biggest fan we were the biggest fan base therefore we were the most prestigious race the world doesn't work like that anymore it's all about where's the biggest check coming from and like with F1 we are living in the old world so when WrestleMania, or when Vince, should I say, decides he's going to take WrestleMania outside of the US, Canada, for the first time in whatever, we would think that we will be top of the top of the list, first in the queue. Could not be further from the truth. He is going to want a gigantic check to make that happen. We will not pay it. We, we were in the likes of Saudi Arabia, Dubai, Abu Dhabi anybody any other regime you care to mention <laughs> that wants to spend hideous amounts of money Qatar Russia we'd be a long way down that list so that's why I wouldn't get your hopes up anytime soon no very fair point um, and just with a this is allied to uh, to that Ian McSim says after all the hype around the women's oh, excuse me let me uh, do it justice by speaking English correctly after all the hype around the women's revolution isn't the fact that this event here again means the greatest rumble is even taking place a massive slap in the face to the female roster. Mm. Now, we covered a little bit of that last week, but just in context of what you were just saying there, expand and answer Ian's question. Look, I'm going to I'm going to answer this in two parts. I'm going to I'm going to take a a cynical view and a possible optimist view. The cynical view is that this is outrageous company changing, share changing, bonus changing money that makes a huge amount of difference to this company and if they have to swallow their stance on women's rights um, to make that happen so you know they're making a corporate decision that that's what they're going to do okay I'm not saying that's the truth but that's how business works I don't like it and a lot of people in the company might not like it but the figures involved are so outrageously high that you know you have to sometimes you just have to take one for the team as it were having said that um it, it was ian wasn't it rob it was ian that asked this question yes ian yep i don't know how you or anybody and i won't get into too much depth on this or or, or any of our other listeners are aware of what's going in it's going on at saudi arabia at the minute saudi arabia traditionally has been a very oppressive regime where unquestionably women have been second class citizens not allowed to drive not allowed to venture out on their own um, not allowed to do a huge amount of things also there's been no cinemas for instance in Saudi Arabia personal entertainment just hasn't been a thing for a long time the current ruling family are very much changing the guard on this um, they want to change the image of Saudi around the world hence why they're spending a lot of money to bring WWE in recently women have been given the right to drive Recently, cinemas have reopened. I think what was the first film? Black Panther, maybe, was the first film ever to be sh- to be shown in a cinema in Saudi Arabia for something like 35 years. 
the times are changing in Saudi Arabia what if and I'm saying this is a big if I'm not saying this is definite I'm kind of just giving the benefit of the doubt what if part of the 10 year plan because this is a 10 year deal uh, from what the rumours say what if part of this 10 year plan is that WWE are going to be seen to be at the vanguard of changing the perception of women in Saudi Arabia what if after what if at this event or after this event the Saudi government and the WWE put out a joint statement to say that there will be no more women's events in Saudi, wrestling events in Saudi Arabia without women's representation what if next year when they do this event they have the first ever female match in Saudi Arabia what if whether it's just a PR stunt or reality what if WWE are actually using their leverage to change the way women are perceived in Saudi Arabia I'm not saying that's true but it can't be dismissed so I don't think it's fair to right off the bat just say how can they possibly do this how can they hold their heads up it's a fair question to ask but it's not a fair conclusion to draw until we see the end game I think you're being nice and I think you're looking at the the best possible I am uh, answer there but I think fair play to you for doing so I think if I agree with the the concept of what Ian's saying. It is it is a slap in the face, um, and it is a shame um, that such a regime seems to get rewarded because of just money. Uh, here's the thing: if uh, if Paul has me booked for the SummerSlam party uh, in London, um, and he's going to give me a few hundred quid for hosting that in uh, in August, and I get a phone call. Um, from someone in Saudi Arabia asking me to go and do one in Jeddah for two grand, I'm off school. <laughs> Paul, can, uh, Paul can pay me, can match my money, or or, or he can uh, or he can watch me fly off into the night and he can get something better. Um, because I'm going for the money, and it's listen. I I I would love to have the principles to to not do that, uh, but I don't. I would need to have more money to have those principles. Um, okay, WWE do have a lot of money, and will be a profitable company anyway but they'll be a hell of a lot more profitable um if uh, if they take this offer i'm i'm sorry and you i admire ian if, if he's suggesting that they're wrong and i admire anyone that can have the uh uh the spine to do it i'm not saying oh you'd all take the money because lots of people wouldn't lots of people would have sufficient um uh i don't know gravitas or whatever to, to that's not the right word but would have you know sufficient um means balls or whatever just just, just to say no I'm gonna say even people that were skint might be able to say no I'm not doing that principle and good for them I really I really respect that perhaps <laughs> perhaps I'm admitting I'm not as principled as other people um but I'm just I'm just saying I don't think you should necessarily always judge someone else on their decisions um I think there are often other reasons that uh, you're thinking of it from your perspective and, and not from someone else's but listen I'm not going to I'm not going to criticize anyone on this whole uh, on this whole side of things, if you think that WWE are wrong to go out there, I uh, I, I admire your stance. I, I don't disagree with it. I'm, uh, but I'm also of of Paul's mind. I'm thinking if they can do something good for it in the long term, you know, you never know. It might end up being both a money spinner to WWE and a force for good in the world. If, however, um, you're so anti it that you're not going to join in with our uh, uh, parties over here in the UK, especially if you're in the uh, the London area in the southeast. And you're not going to come along to uh, to Belushi's on Friday night. Uh, what you can do, I'm just going to. This is by no means a paid plug. I'm just uh, mentioning it because I think it's a good thing. It, I think this is a total coincidence. I'm, I'm led to believe it's a total coincidence. 
Um, but on Friday night, uh, the 27th of April, in Canterbury, in Kent, uh, is the first ever, I believe, IPW GRL uh, competition. Uh, the GRL uh, being the, an offshoot of, uh, of IPW, uh, an all-female card uh, in Canterbury on Friday night, which I believe our friend uh, Dean Ayas is on the commentary uh, for. So there is something going on which is very much standing against I don't know if it's a deliberate stance, but it's just something that's standing in the opposite way. So if you want to go and support uh, IPW and their all-female show uh, that's in Canterbury on Friday night, I'm sure that's there. I think it's IPWUK.com. Yeah, it's their website if you want to check that out. That again, that is not a paid plug. That is just us um, supporting uh, a very cool British company and our friend Dean, uh, who is involved in that. So that is there. Put simply, uh, why I'm bringing that up. Um, There's just one more question I want to go to on the. uh, uh, on the questions on the Facebook page, um, and it's it's just really to um, uh, to move on to a, a slight other uh, topic which you started to bring up earlier on, and I just want to finish it off. Uh, Rob, well, here's the first question: uh, Is it Rob Smith or is it Rob Smythe? I've heard you on the uh, the sheep quizzes say Rob Smythe. Um, well, our friend Rob I've, has a, has a Y in the middle of his surname. I've always said Smythe. Um, he hasn't corrected me yet, Rob. If you listen to this, as I think he does, um, please feel free. Free to correct me if I've got it wrong, and uh, I will change my pronunciation in the future. I'm only going off the basis that the uh, the golfer who had the same surname as that was uh, Des Smith, even though it was uh, ah. uh, it was Y, it was Des Smith. And sometimes I've seen the letter E on the end of that surname, which makes it Smythe. But I am uh, not saying you're wrong. There are lots of different people who pronounce the same words uh, in different ways. Uh, so anyway, but uh, Rob, I'm going to call him Rob Smith. But Rob Smith. Um, says, will the Rumble winner get a title shot? Now, you said earlier on, they have certainly not specifically said um, that that is going to happen. Uh, and you said you like the fact that they uh, are not saying that because they don't have to sort of strong arm a winner just to fit their um, uh, just to fit their storyline. So, but I wanted to just expand on you know, the nature of that because anyone that didn't watch the Rumble before 1992, let's say, because obviously 92 was the title yes. being vacant and then from 93 onwards uh, it's been the title shot other than a couple of years ago when of course it was it was uh, Belt. all for the Roman Reigns' title um, we have got used to the Rumble match being for that um, I think there was a couple of years where they didn't necessarily explicitly say the winner of the King of the Ring gets a title shot but often it followed that if you won King of the Ring that you'd be in the title picture soon after um, I'm thinking King Mabel and I'm sure some others Um we're kind of used to things having consequences. There's a little bit of a kind of, well, say you get drawn at number three and you battle all your way until 49 entrants are in and you get thrown out. Isn't there a little bit to say, well, why are you even bothering then? Why are you trying to win this if there's no title shot? Did they ought to just at least put something on it and say you would win? Like Even at WrestleMania, you win the Andre the Giant trophy. Um, I remember the British Bulldog winning the Samovar <laughs> trophy. Don't we all? Yeah. Uh, in the Royal Albert Hall, even if they just said the winner gets a million dollars. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, well, that, that was that was my thought. You know, it goes with the theme of the event, doesn't it? Let's just say it's the million dollar battle, million dollar Royal Rumble. Hey, it's kayfabe. You know, you can make it a ten million dollar totally. battle. Or you can change someone. You can change someone's gimmick. You could do the new million dollar man hey. gimmick with whoever wins, and their gimmick is that they've got so much money now they've, they've got they have a solid listen, gold wrestling outfit. Listen, they did it with Diamond Dallas Page in WCW. I think it was a bingo win though, rather than a, a ten million dollar battle royal. But it worked really well then. Why the heck not? You know, why not? I think it'd be really interesting to do it that way. 
and it would fit indeed it would fit with the 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 business reasons behind the show i think the saudis would love it i think the saudis would probably you know the amount of money they're spending on this show they'd probably try and give this rest of the 10 mil anyway um <laughs> this jump change to them isn't it um no, I I think that would be cool. I think that would limit it slightly because I think if, at ten million, I, I can't believe we're arguing kayfabe. No, but, no I was shocking the way yeah. that. But a million, I think a million dollars. I think would be great. A, a million dollars you can give it to anybody, and then if a babyface wins, it goes to charity. That, uh, I'm not I'm not I'm not even, I'm not even suggesting it's real. Neither am I. I'm just saying Nor it's just a, it's, What WWE yeah. could donate that money if let's say let's say Daniel Bryan wins, and that million then gets donated to. Uh, a women's respite organisation or something like that and they actually do donate the million great PR for them oh, Colin, Colin, hey Connor's cured do you know what I mean it's like, well I know but that's a, it's a bit like them donating to, the, to themselves in a way but um, but you know again talking about the themes of maybe it's not the most um, inclusive pay-per-view ever you know some way to slightly mitigate that would be to, to ensure that uh, a female focused charity had some financial oh yeah sorry I've just, I've just realised what you're meaning there yeah, yeah. of course yeah good point um, so I think yeah, and, and you could do that for real there'd be absolutely no reason why they couldn't do that for real and have Daniel Bryan be the face of that donation um, I think that'd be fantastic all round don't you oh, absolutely absolutely um, uh, yes I mean, people would be cynical about it but let them if you know some some real money went to a good cause then cool and if it just fit a little storyline as well you know hey ho um did you say it's a 10 million uh, sorry it's a 10 year deal that's what i'm reading i don't know uh, that could be nonsense I've, i can't even remember where i read that to be honest um but i'm ready yeah i've heard it's not just a one-off does this mean that we're going to have a series of greatest evers i am looking forward <laughs> to next, next year is the greatest ever survivor series Teams of 25 strive to <laughs> survive. I'm, cer- I'm certainly not looking forward to the 130-man Royal Rumble we're going to get in, in 2026. <laughs> they just keep adding on, just adding on Rumble competitors every year. Next year it'll be 55 and then 60 and then just so on and so on. What well, the greatest ever ladder match? <laughs> yeah, 60 foot high ladder. <laughs> <laughs> a cage which is a cage match which, which, which effectively would look like um, uh, what's the is it is it what's the thing that Skywalker fight is it the rank is it the rank yes is that what, is that yeah. what he fights in or that one of whichever one of um, uh, Star Trek it is that that Kirk fights that monster in the uh, in the pit that's what the cage that's what the cage match would look like with the, the se- 70 foot high steel cage match <laughs> Greatest ever cage matches. Yes, I'm sure they could. Uh, anything else you want to come up with? Give us your greatest ever's. I'd like to hear that on your. Let's uh, have it. Let's have it on the Facebook page. What could be your greatest ever matches? That could be uh, be a lot of fun. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. Um, we've uh, had a bit of a looser brief today in terms of what we we're going to talk about, but uh, I think we've hit some some fun points on the uh, on the greatest rumble and on the uh, on the draft. No, I keep calling it the draft on the uh, on the superstar shakeup. And uh, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a fun chat, Paul. Um, so you will be in London on Friday night. Sadly, I won't. Uh, folks that are in where was it Leeds and Newcastle. Yep. Um, if you're interested in watching the uh, uh, the greatest rumble on Friday night with people of a like mind, perhaps you were considering staying in. You normally go out on a Friday. You were considering staying in to watch the uh, the rumble, or you were considering going out with your mates. Well, actually, now you can do both. Why don't you and your mates? 
uh, get together uh, and come and watch the uh, the Greatest Rumble. Maybe your mates aren't big wrestling fans, but this is the night you can convince them. Actually saying to them, come to watch the Royal Rumble, come to watch WrestleMania. What time does it start? Well, it's midnight and it goes on for five hours. You're okay, mate. How much is it? Yeah, you're okay, mate. Friday night, get them off work half an hour early, get down the boozer, um, come, and, come and join us, uh, watch some great fun wrestling, nice uh, cheeky Nando's after and then out for a few more drinks. What a Friday night that is, um, and I'm sure you can uh, you can do it. Paul, if people want to uh, to join us for that or to to, uh, to come out and uh, enjoy that event, um, where can they find more information and get some Just tickets? head over, guys, to facebook.com forward slash HO Wrestling page has newly been renamed Hooked on Wrestling, formerly Hooked on Events. Um, all the events are listed there with ticketing information on each page, so just follow your nose through that uh, through that site. Indeed, so uh, if you fancy that, uh, then you know what to do, and you can come and join us. Um, so enjoy, uh, enjoy your weekend, sir. I hope you're uh, feeling on the mend when we uh, get together once again. Uh, and do this podcast thank you very much thank you all see some of you on Friday and speak to you all later thank you very much for uh, for listening everyone we appreciate your continued support and as always just remember it's wrestling enjoy it we'll speak to you very soon